we're live. We have a jam-packed episode. Now, before we start a recording, uh, oh, Tony's going to be in the Thunderdome tonight, right? Nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, if you guys are watching live, you can see to my left, I've got this fucking thing set up so I can go live on cam. And that is uh, that is a like short circuit. Johnny Five alive. That I, <laughs> is a Johnny Five. If memory serves me correct, I used to use that when we would do the Mevo in studio. You are correct, sir. So he sorts of all fancy rigged it up on some sort of portable uh, stationary, a portable stationary stand there. Oh, this thing is the shits. As you can, as you can see, it, it, it's got the, the elasticity is no longer existent as, a, as you can see, the phone is just drooping down. Ah, story of my life. Hello. Now, now we'll deal with that. that. That's in the nine o'clock hour. Tony, what? before we started recording, you were conversing about this. You said this is your third invite. And you did do the Thunderdome. You've been in the Thunderdome twice now? That's right. Twice. And well, I've been on I don't know where I was in the Thunderdome, but I definitely was on twice. I was on Raw <laughs> last week during the six woman match. And I was on SmackDown Friday at the very end of the show watching Cesaro beat the shit out of the Usos and uh and uh and Roman Reigns. So yes. I don't know how long I was on because it was the end of the show, but I definitely caught the end, and it's a, it's a weird experience. So are you just totally? Yeah. I've, I yeah. don't know when what you're seeing on the screen is it what people are seeing on TV? Yes, okay. and it's got my head in the corner, so I stay where my head is supposed to be. And you hear a producer in your ears going, "All right, let's hear it. Come on, cheer for these guys." And you're like, "Oh yeah!" and do all that shit. And then when the bad girls were winning. He's like, come on, folks, let boo these guys. And you're like, boo. It's so easy to get caught up in the thumbs down nonsense that I shit on a couple weeks ago. But I was just kind of doing it to be a dick. And I actually got booted during the commercial break during the women's match. I don't know how that happened. but well, They probably needed to make room for uh, someone with more enthusiasm, I guess. Apparently, Kev, I don't think I was living up to the hype. Now, let me ask you this, though. Is there a delay? Like, so, like, uh, say, like, they tell you to boo somebody. Am I watching you booze like the next segment or are you like doing in oh, no, real time? It's in real time. Like I'm, I'm assuming there's a delay from what you see on the TV, but when you're in the app and like what, what you see on screen is actually happening in real time. So wow. that's, well, yeah. Cheer, boo, whatever. Pretty sure Matt and I didn't see any of it. So oh, no, <laughs> early I, I, on. And don't forget there's screens all over the place. So who knows? What I'm not I'm talking about you. I'm just talking about the shows. Oh, there you go. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'm not. I have seen a couple emails come across my email about uh, getting in on the Thunderdome, but I just delete them because I have zero interest. And uh, Tony, I love you to death. I see you a couple times a week. Uh, you're in my dreams. I'm not watching Raw looking for you. You're not gonna suck me into putting on Raw to look for you tonight while we're doing this show. No, no, I'm, it's not for you guys, but it's more like for the folks if they want to play along at home. You know, maybe click on. Look, I'm not gonna be on Raw for like a half an hour. It's going to be like they a might... minute, and then they're going to boot you. That's it. You only get a minute? They boot people that often? Well, yeah, because they got to keep it moving. Like, like my call time is 9 o'clock tonight. But when I go in at 9 o'clock. <laughs> Your call time? <laughs> oh, I swear to God, dude. I got an email. Oh, no, I get it. Call time. So do you get to go to catering first or what? 
no no catering for oh, me oh and they you, sent me yeah. yeah they sent me my checklist as to what to do and, and to, in order to have a great experience and is there a do you, thing do you gotta run do you gotta pitch ideas to adam pierce and pat buck first or what or do you just go right no they call me direct for that you know that Come is on. there a list of things you can't do <laughs> yeah of course can you give me a couple of those things i'm curious yeah give me one second i'll show you the let me just can you bring a poster into the Thunderdome or See, do they confiscate that at the door? It's got wow. 9 p.m. tonight. So that's my and then you click the link. All right. And then if you can't get in at that moment, they kick you for three minutes and then the thing pops up again. So you have to maybe do it a few times and then you'll wind up getting a spot when they open up. Because they're constantly looking for people to get fresh in there, you know. Yeah. OK, so here, here's your checklist. <laughs> what steps can I take to get the best <laughs> Internet connection? What platforms are compatible? What are tips for the best experience? Uh, you know, you see, this is not the um, this is not the checklist that I had. I might have posted that in the Discord last time when I first got on, but oh, they give me the whole checklist, thoroughly. like what to do, what not to do. Only one person is supposed to be on the camera. You're not supposed to have anything like indicative of like advertising or anything behind you, or or wearing anything like indicative of advertising stuff. You know, shit like that. You know, no, what, what if what if Kenny Omega was with you in in Studio A? Would that would that be allowed? Oh, they'd boot me and they'd probably take me off the list. Because Kenny Omega snuck in. And so did Chris Benoit. And so did some beheading video. And yeah, there was yeah, a, that's there was pretty a impressive that Benoit got in there. I'm not gonna lie to you. Back from the can we do can we do a uh, zombie Benoit? No, we can't. Uh yes, I, I could do a bon uh wait, I will kill you with weights. <laughs> weights instead of brains, weights. Wait. With the dog is outside with the weights. Wolf, wolf. Yeah. Matt, who's on the show tonight? We got Mike Spear Jr. He's a comic book writer. He's got a Kickstarter going on for the Championship Wrestling League. He's going to join us for a couple minutes. New Jersey fella. And then at 830, um, uh, Dan Perch. He's known as Ref Perch in the... uh, independent wrestling scene he's done stuff with aaw uh swoggles promotion uh, evolve uh ring of honor oh get out of here yeah he does it all he's a milwaukee guy milwaukee tom highly recommended him so uh we figured things out and they're going to be joining us both this evening uh we have a lot to talk about uh there was the booker t uh biography last night on a and e i did watch the macho man one finally i got a lot of problems with the macho man one uh, there's a ton of wrestling to talk about this week. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't watch anything that didn't have any in ring action. So all I watched was actual wrestling. So if we could not talk about Dark Side, that'd be fantastic. Uh, no, we're gonna talk about Dark. Yeah, we're Side. talking about Dark Side, Kev. Sorry, <sighs> you might have to go take a break ski during that. I might have to do that. That was we like have, five have, days ago, dude. Yeah, we have people that are expecting. Do you know how much wrestling I watched? Matt, you'll be impressed when when you come back. You'll be impressed with. I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm excited. So we got a full show. We're gonna have lots of fun, lots of shits, lots of giggles. It's episode five thirty two of the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast, and it's next. And we're all coordinating. We're all wearing red and black. Whoop de do. Following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live on RantiumRadio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at ShiningWizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at Merch.ShiningWizards.com. 
Do your Amazon shopping at amazon.shiningwizards.com and become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. Hey, this is Moose, and you're listening to the Shining the Wizards podcast. What's up, fuckers? I love the big package. And he's got those smelly balls. The fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Fucking loser. Fuck the Shining Wizards. Welcome, everybody, to episode 532 of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, where, of course, it's wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Thank you for joining us live tonight on the rant, rantymradio.com. Thanks for joining us live on the Facebook, facebook.com slash wizards podcast. And thank you for downloading us on your downloading platform for podcasting of your choice. We are your Monday Night Delight, and I'm Tony. Matt. K-J-G. We got some special guests tonight, Matt was telling us about. We got Ref Perch and, and Danny Smallnuts. I oh, forgot the Mike other Spear. Mike Spear. I think go. it's Mike Spear. That was close. Yeah, I think so. You know how I am with the, the names, how I butcher the last names, so this will be exciting. Well, Spear's, Spear's an easy name, though, no? I think it's yeah. pronounced Spear. S-P-E-E-R. Double- what is it? Double E, two E's. Spur? Ah, S-P, double E, R, double spear. Ha-ha! <laughs> there you go. So what else is going on, boys? Oh, you know, a little this, little that. Little, little wrestling skis and little other things. Now, let me guess what kind of t-shirt Matt's wearing today. What you got on, Matt? Take a guess. The fucking switchblade. Why you got to give me the finger, bro? Fuck Jay White, that's why. No, no. No, no. Fuck you, sir. Fuck you and your coolie. Coolie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's up first on the docket tonight, by the way? Mike. What time is he calling in? 7.30. Oh, okay. In the cool. evening, in the PM. You know what? I was so... We're, we're on the Facebook. I, I kind of rearranged my setup here at the table. Oh, uh, I couldn't tell. <laughs> thumbs up, dude. Uh, I put my second laptop closer to me so I don't have to so much as go over here. So you, Matt, are you going to Thunderdome too? Is that why you have two no, laptops? No, I'm, go- I'm not going. Th- it's just easier to be able to uh, communicate and look at shit when it's right here versus a lot of time during the show. Like, um, I was watching the Ice Train video on YouTube, which has almost 600 views, uh, thanks to Kevin's amazing press release or that went out. People have been going back. How did, and why- how did that the- get attributed to YouTube, though? Because people will go to the YouTube link, find the interview, and watch the interview. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Because people have to fact check so they can download, they can watch the interview. But a lot of the times I'm over here. Gotcha. Doing yep, things. That's right. Yeah. So I kind of just kind of put the soundboard over there, put the other computer here. Now I can. You must have amazing internet. I have a good internet. I have a good internet. We have uh, we have the there's a router uh, up here. There's a router in the living room and there's a router in my mother-in-law's bedroom. Any little uh, 
any portable skis? No, that you can nothing. Just keep like really close by. No, I mean the uh, the range on them is is phenomenal, so I don't have any issues with it. See, yeah, see, I have terrible, terrible internet. No matter where I go, anywhere I go, it's fucking brutal. It hasn't been like that. Something must have happened. Something must have got dislodged. There might be a cable loose or something because it's been bad, bro. Yeah, I got a couple phone calls from Optimum today. Like, I was so that? embarrassed with that ice train interview last week. Like, it was so bad. I got to make sure I turn all, all the devices off or something like that. Well, Kevin, the good news is that in due time. Oh, that's right. In due time, we may not be doing the shows over the Zoom. Hopefully. Yeah, well. Uh, Mike Spear. That's says, right, baby. Mike Spear says it's like Spear. Mike Spear watching on Facebook right now with a little laughy face emoji. What's up, Mike? So it's like it's like Spear. Yeah. So it's pronounced Spear or Spur. I don't. Know. He's gonna tell us. Oh, okay. So. Seven thirty. He says it's like Spear. So I'm just gonna say Spear. I don't know why he doesn't spell it with just a Spear. Because it's not the way you spell it. Yeah, but what does that mean, though? It's like spear. Is it spear or is it not spear? What does that mean? Is it like... Is, it's not... Is it, it's... I don't know. We'll have to get we're gonna have to have, we're, gonna have to have, we're gonna have to have a talk with this guy. Oh, we will. We will. <laughs> That's right. He's on the show. <laughs> to spear or not to spear? I just keep thinking, like... Uh, I don't know. I got. I lost my train of thought, Tony. So since we, since Kevin doesn't want to talk about it, let's talk about the uh, the the biographies and things. So Matt, you want to talk about the Macho Man? A little follow up from last week. I don't have to pee yet. The first of all, if you haven't watched the Macho Man thing yet, yeah, so, so, yeah, so, yeah. No, that's fine. That's fine. Grace, I don't care about the Grace Macho Man. It's over, brother. No, that's fine. Booker T, though, you got to give me some time because I re- actually really want to watch that. You know what? Booker T was Booker T was a good piece. The there's only one thing that bothered me about it and we could talk about that but the i don't yeah. understand what wwe's agenda was with the macho man where you spent so much time on fucking gorgeous george and lex luther uh luger jesus uh, <laughs> that's right over and the, and, and, see that part made no sense over the death of elizabeth that makes zero sense right. from what i gathered from Dear good personal friend Peter Rosenberg. Oh fuck him! You can't try and explain that this makes sense in the Macho Man story. No, no, because it doesn't. No, no, I don't think WWE produces these, and I don't. I think each individual documentary has its own producer and director. So each one is directed and produced by somebody else. Yeah, but so that, this one, whoever decided this one, uh, and maybe WWE had a hand in it. I I don't know for sure for sure. But I do know that each one was directed and or produced by somebody else. So this one, this one got away from them, boys. Yeah, yeah the but more it's a, the it's... more I watched this one, the more it seemed like they were actually trying to like besmirch the name of the Macho Man. That may, and, and that makes no sense to me at well, all. Me right. either, Kev. And me it's either. it's a WWE vehicle, so WWE clearly has to watch this before it airs. They're not going to let something go out that makes them seem like they're in a bad light, especially on a. Oh, I mean, come on. How, when was the last? Do you not remember the ACH T-shirt? Like, how many things does WWE have to like approve that completely drops the ball? Right, but this is look. The you got to you know the ACH T-shirt was a, a travesty, but you have to go search for that. You know, you like with all due respect to ACH. 
where in the WWE shop are you looking where you eventually find that shirt? This is something that's fucking people are watching every week. These a you go Stone Cold, which did mega numbers. Piper, which was down a little bit, but still did great numbers. And Macho, like anyone you talk to, you don't they could they they haven't watched wrestling in twenty five years. They know who Macho Man Randy Savage is. They have some kind of connection with him. So you're gonna, people are gonna be fucking watching this. So there's there's one of two things at play here. One, whoever had the responsibility, just same dude. We just saw this with the with the the trash bag to Mickey James. Somebody overseeing something didn't do their job well, or maybe you're right, and maybe they saw it and were like, okay, this works. We're okay with it being a hit piece. But there's no reason in my mind for them to want to have a hit piece on the Macho Man. There's no reason. So I feel like either they didn't think it was that bad. Or A and E maybe had more control than WWE did. I don't know. I mean, from from the 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 relationship with Elizabeth, where they made it seem like maybe he was like abusive. I know they didn't come out and say it, but you know he kept her locked away so nobody can get to her, so nobody could talk to her. All that nonsense. Yeah, but that's all common knowledge. Everyone knew that a long time ago. Yeah, but it builds up. Then you know. All the stuff with Gorgeous George. Then he's going back to his father. His father's injecting him with steroids so he looks bigger again. Like, it just seemed like they just were piling on, piling on, piling on, you know? Right. Like, they didn't look. The Stone Cold thing didn't do anything about him getting arrested for beating up Deborah, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't even dive into Piper's substance abuse problems. That's true. Like, and look, I'm not what? It's A&E, it's WWE, I want... I want what they did last night with Booker T, but even there they dropped the ball. How do you – and Tony talks about this at nauseum with Booker T. They didn't bring up fucking WrestleMania 19 at all. And supposedly they had a ton of stuff that they filmed for WrestleMania 19, the whole story with Triple H, and none of it aired. How do you do that? Nah, whatever. They had, but the whole, uh... thing, like, the whole thing with Booker T was, too, it was like, you know, we came through global – and people were throwing the N-word at us left and right. And it was really tough to get into the business being, you know, black black wrestlers. And then the whole thing where, like, he looked at Junkyard Dog as, a, as an inspiration, some as a role model. And he wanted to be that role model, you know, for, for any other, like, you know, black kids that wanted to get into wrestling. And, and, you know, it's a noble thing. But then, like, you leave stuff out. Like, the most important thing where, like, it was the storyline that he was going to stand up. You know, like Triple H is like, you guys don't belong here. And then he winds up losing. Like, you got to go into that, dude. That's a big part of Booker T's career, no? No, the big thing was, like, he became King Booker, which, fine, it was a great storyline. It was great development for his character as he moved on. But still, man, that was a big, uh, important I, part they dropped the ball on. Nah, I, I disagree with that. I, I didn't watch the documentary, so I, have, I didn't watch Booker T's yet, so I have no idea. But is there really a whole lot of equity in building up to something where the guy loses? Like that was can, the that was the point though. It was a racially fueled feud. Again, I didn't watch the documentary, so I don't know what the whole theme of the show was. So like it's kind of like the same thing. Listen, I'm if you want to go to another WWE production, we all complimented the Miz uh 24, but there was a whole big section of the of his career that they just left out. Maybe it maybe that just part maybe that just happens. I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to defend anyone, but it's just, it's just maybe that just didn't make the grade because at the end of the day, when you, why would you, why would you dive into something that that didn't further his career 
as opposed to doing something like the King Booker that completely reshaped and made him one of the best ever. So David Dennis Jr. was the gentleman who was interviewed for the show and who did an ex- extensive amount of, of talk and interview about WrestleMania 19. Right, the whole story, the build-up, the racial thing, Triple H referring to Booker T uh, and the African American community as "you people," you make me laugh with your nappy oh, hair and your spinneroonies. Those are promos that Triple H cut okay. during uh, yeah. okay. the the build-up to WrestleMania 19, right? And I think, and Tony says this all the time when we talk about it, like, how do you not have Booker T beat fucking Triple H? Huge, oh, should have happened. I, I don't. So uh, so they shot all this footage on this racially driven feud with no real payoff. Oh, okay. So, it, okay. And they okay, didn't okay, I got you, air I got you. a single bit of it. Um, because, oh, you know why? Because maybe because you know why? Because it would make Triple H look terrible, probably. I mean, but yeah, you yeah. can't you can't omit like this. You can't. And I know the WWE is good at doing this. You can't change history. Well, we just had the same conversation about Macho Man. They, apparently, if, if if all things are equal, they can do whatever they want, I guess. Clearly, right? they drug him, his fucking name, through the goddamn mud, and I had to look yeah. at gorgeous George's dumb fucking face for at least 20 minutes. In a documentary By the way, she had no right to be a part of. Neither well, did fucking Bubba, Bubba the Love uh, Sponge. Bubba, that's a disgrace, too. A couple of things. I heard uh, that Bubba the Love Sponge is pretty much like practically homeless at this point like he's not even on the radio anymore so Good. who knows what he him up what did you think of this stuff with gorgeous george where she found the video shit I, look i don't like, know why do you need to include that though you know what yeah, i'm saying like cuz it's just like i don't i have no idea yeah we don't yeah look if it's true whatever it has nothing to do with his fucking professional wrestling career the legacy that he built his in-ring stuff, his promos, the Slim Jim shit. Yeah, maybe he was a little crazy with Elizabeth. Guess what? The wrestling business is fucking crazy. Yeah, and and if they think that they were going to do something that Darkseid didn't already do, then they're just like, what's the what's the point of rehashing something when clearly, like, WWE, like, again, had no motive to do so. And, like, we're dark, dark side, their objective is to analyze the dark side of the wrestling business. Yeah, no, the, can, the, can uh, maybe A and E felt the need to, to try to compete. That, that's exactly the point that I was going to get at. And I'm glad you brought that up. Like, did, did WWE, to echo Kevin, what he just asked, was this like, hey, we're going to try to glomble off the dark side, but we've got people that people would recognize? Like, look, I know there's a ton of people out there that like Nick Gage. Somebody that watches WWE probably doesn't give a fuck all who, who Nick Gage is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I said but that last week. They know Macho Man. They know they know Piper. They know Booker T. They they know all these guys that they've been covering. So I guess with Dark Side hitting, it would pay for them to put out their own stuff. Not to mention they're also coupled up with the uh, with the hidden treasures or the lost treasures, whatever they call the other show. I didn't enjoy that. I, it was uh, it kind of. Uh... You're talking about the Booker one. Yeah, it was on and it just kind of played. And I was like, oh, maybe we'll check this out. Re was like playing on her phone or something. And I was like, do you mind? She's like, no, whatever. I didn't like, I don't like the, um, I don't like it. I don't like. uh, The Booker T one was bad. And I'll I'll give you, not bad overall, but bad in that they didn't, they didn't go after things that define Booker T. Yeah, they went after his robe when he won King of the Ring. Fine. But the other thing was, the TV title, and that turned up lame anyway because they couldn't figure out where the fucking thing was. But then on top of that... Did they did they ask Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Maybe he was still in the, the garbage can? 
See, this is what they did, Kevin. They started with Duggan and they were like, Duggan sold it to a private collector 20 years ago. And oh. guess who appeared on the show as, as the guy to try to find it? Dan Lambert. They went to Dan Lambert's Connor house. Thompson. Oh. Huh? They went to his house and he's like, unfortunately, I don't have it. But he did say, if I had it, I would just give it to you right now. He would absolutely just give it to Booker T. But the other thing was the junkyard dog's collar. That's a great piece for JYD. That's not a Booker T piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but uh, so what I got from the show is they're not collecting these pieces for these individuals. They're collecting it for the the WWE warehouse. Well, here's the thing. If you pay attention, they keep dropping hints that these things need to be on display so everyone can enjoy them, not just so-and-so who we're getting them from. See, that's not what I got out of the Mick Foley episode at all. The Mick Foley episode made me feel like Mick Foley wanted these for him. No, no, no. It's all going to the warehouse because at the very end of every episode, the curator or whatever his name is at the warehouse, they're putting these things on display. I get the feeling that probably at the end of this season, they're going to have an announcement that they're they're putting together a Hall of Fame somewhere. Yeah, probably. That's the way everything's been moving Uh, with this. Well, then the first episode was 100% misleading. I know WWE maybe maybe gives him the budget to buy. I what he wants, but like the way they, the, the first Mick Foley is the only one that I watched, but to me, that made me think that okay. Mick Foley really wanted these items. No. So, so here's the thing you missed out on undertaker had his original robe that he gave to them. Cause he was on the whole episode. Kane was on that episode too. Kane had his Unabomb outfit. And I think the second Kane mask that was in existence and, you know, he made a deal with them for charity. But no, these these were the guys whose property they were that they were legitimately giving up to give to AJ to take back to Stanford for the uh, for the warehouse. They're building something, dude. It's coming. I don't know when it's coming, but they've been hinting at it like this stuff is, is supposed to be for everyone to enjoy and remember and see and look at and all this other stuff. Yeah, I've heard like maybe like an exhibit maybe in like Universal or or something like that somewhere in Florida. I don't think it's going to be a standalone building. It'll probably just be an exhibit that you can put up and put down whenever you want. Yeah, the only other thing is if they're going to wheel this thing around every year like at WrestleMania Access and shit like that. And that would be kind of a waste to be shelling out all this money for stuff just to put it on display for like two days out of the year. Oh, I mean, I don't think anything would stop them from shipping all the stuff to anywhere WrestleMania was. No, but what I'm saying, like, like all this stuff is like estimated value, ten thousand dollars. Like they're gonna they're gonna start shipping hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, dude, that's all that's all that's all show business, man. That's all they, they probably gave the, the guys a couple tickets and a freaking hot dog and a handshake and like they put now they're now they got the stuff on uh, on display again. Come on, it's reality TV, man. This shit ain't real. Yeah, yeah I, I was uh I didn't enjoy it. And then uh the the Lawler one came on right after. And I was like, I don't have any interest in watching this. I'm like, do you want to watch the Son of Sam documentary on Netflix? Because this is not. Of course. What? I like the murder. I don't know what to tell you. I can't watch wrestling 24-7, man. Kind of sounds like you always do. Yeah. I try. I try and watch as much as I can. I started Fall Brawl 95 today. Oh, How's that going? Oh, Oh, baby. It's going. It's going. I got two matches in and I fell asleep, so. Was Charlie Norris on the undercard? No, no Charlie Norris is long gone by 95. How dare you besmirch the good name of Charlie Norris? I didn't besmirch. I asked the question. Sarcastically. No, I asked it with all sincerity because I know you're a Charlie Charlie Norris, Mark. Uh, I don't, am I, Charlie? <laughs> I don't know if there's enough. 
I don't know if there's enough of Charlie Norris's career to actually be a Charlie Norris mark. Why? You could be a mark of whoever you want, whether they wrestled one match or a million matches. Yeah, but there's Norris no, like, had a good run. There's no, I can't find any like old WCW Charlie Norris T-shirt or a headband or a feather set. What do they call that? A head headdress. Headdress. Yeah, headdress. I don't know. Oh. Maybe you, should, maybe you should maybe you should talk to A and E and go on freaking hidden treasures and try to find Charlie Norris merch. Holy shit! Matt goes around looking for Charlie Norris memorabilia. A lot of there'd be a lot of bleeps and a lot of <clears throat> a lot of stops at like Chili's to get fucking Jack and Cokes and Crown and Cokes. It'd be a very boring show for somebody. No, I'd watch it. Fuck yeah, I'd watch it. It'd be like a six a six uh, part series at the very end. Sorry, folks, we ain't found shit. Undertaker, Kane, Mick Foley, Booker T, and Matt Shining Wizards Matt go out to find <laughs> merchandise <laughs> and legendary ring garb from Charlie Norris. He's got he's got Booker T with him, and he finds look. I found the Charlie Norris tank top from 1992 WCW. Booker's like, tell me you didn't just find that. <laughs> The Booker, the, the Booker T biography, well, it was a good piece. It was a good piece. They did a nice job. Uh, I can't really wait did. to see how they spin that piece of shit Shawn Michaels next week. Okay, so here's the thing. You guys watched the Two Dudes with Attitudes because I caught up with that last week. Yeah, I did. It was pretty uneventful. I did. So what's it going to be, like a continuation of that after after uh, Hall and Nash left? I mean, what else is there to tell? Wait, what? Well, the two dudes with attitudes was about all Sean and Diesel, and that was mostly Sean's single run. Okay. So, so uh, Mr. WrestleMania, Tony, hello. He never did a bad thing in his life since he found Jesus Christ. Wait, I'm confused as to what you think. Uh, I'm confused of what what you're thinking is supposed to be a spinoff of what? What? Like a continuation of the two dudes with attitudes. Like it picks up where that leaves off because we already no. saw all the middle part. No, they're, I think they're mutually exclusive. No, I get it, but. Like is going to be watching like watching that same thing all over again. Yes. Well, I mean, you're reaching a different audience. I don't think anyone that watches A and E is is tuned in to Peacock or whatever it is. I guess. Well, A and E right? has A and E has tons of fake uh, TV shows, very relatable to WWE. Um, Live PD, which was definitely staged, most of it, which is ha- which hasn't been on in a year and a half. Two right. Years. Well, they got caught up with the you know. Yeah. Some shady but. shit. Court Cams is coming back, though. Fantastic show. Really like that. What? You don't like when people freak out in the courtroom and they attack people? Or are they trying to escape? Or they jump off? No, like What happened to you? You get fucking weirder and weirder every fucking Not Court Cams. I, I watch Court Cams. What do you mean, what happened to me? First 48 is a great show, too, by the way. Yeah, I agree. Murder. Murder, murder, You know what's murder. great? You know what doesn't have murder? Bob's Burgers. That's a fucking great show. No, it has, also, it has Bob. What if there was a show called Bob's Murders? Then I that would be And you know what? There was almost a murder with Moolissa, okay? Yeah, it's true. They left Moolissa out in the rain. Then they brought her inside. Come on, Bobby. I enjoy Bob's Burgers all the time. Love Bob's Burgers. I just gotta, you know, I'm a weird dude. I don't know. I don't want to watch the news. The news is boring. I can't. I can news only. Sucks. I can only look at Facebook for so long before I want to throw my fucking phone in the garbage. Dude, I fucking worked my ass off Saturday. Came home eleven, like ten o'clock. The wife puts on the TV. It's some sort of like get your vaccination party time with like ACDC and all these other bands and politicians all holding hands, telling everybody to get their injections. I'm like, what the fuck is this? 
don't these people know the injections are out there? We need a party for this at 10 o'clock on a Saturday. Fuck off. Now I got it. Uh, is it the idea of a party to get vaccination or is it because it's so late for you? So it's you- like, Hey, everybody get vaccinated. Here's ACDC. It's like, why? What did they play? What is the point of this? They play Let Me Put My Love Into You? Did they play Thunderstruck? No, they but maybe Hell's Bells. I don't, Hell's I don't Bells. fucking know. I turned it off, dude. I, I was like, fuck this. What? Okay, so if you didn't get vaccinated and you were going to get vaccinated and you had to pick an ACDC song to play while you got vaccinated, which are you going Highway to Hell? Cause yes, that was Spike, that was Spike Dudley's theme song in ECW. Are you going Back in Black? That was Chris Candido's theme in ECW. It's got to be Highway to Hell. Are you going to go Thunderstruck? No. Why? No, Highway to Hell, baby. Nah, you know what? I would go. I would go Back in Vax. That's the song, right? Back in Vax. I'm on the tracks. I'm on the hand. I'm a shimmer. I'm a hair. Right. That's a good song. Tony, you don't touch the freaking soundboard for a year <laughs> and a half. And I do one thing that, yeah, it was not my best work, but you decide then to freaking do that to make me look like a total D O U C H E, right? The taste bud douche, right? How dare you? That's well, right. look. I deal with now. I got to I deal with your puns on Monday nights, and I got to deal with Kate's puns on Wednesday nights. So some of them aren't going to be home runs. No, mine. That was good. Tony just fucking. I don't know. You Listen, had better. You've had better. You've had better. Of course, I've had better. This was definitely bottom fifty percent. Not your best work. You start... tracks. I hear the tracks. Go to Kate. <laughs> right, now, now, now you brought it back. Okay. <laughs> you gotta, I brought it back in Vax. You got to start somewhere. Oh boy. Back in backs. Look at the tracks. indeed. So Matt, what are you gonna rap about on our show? Oh man. Don't you know what? I think <laughs> I think I bit off more than I can chew with the rapping thing, okay? It's not really my best Oh god. It's not my best uh my best uh hat that I wear. You can all you got to do is go. Here's number five. Hey, he's great. Now here's number four. He's great too. Number three. He's so great. What did you do? I'm wrapping the top five from AEW. No, not you. What? What? <laughs> what did you do? No, not you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Matt, what did you do? Well, you would know if you listened to the Wednesday night show, Kevin. Correct. Ding. It's only I did. Friday. Give me some, I mean, it's only Monday. Oh no! Wait. Oh my God. I did buy all the Series Ten Vaders that were at the Target today. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. What Target? The one in East, in East Hanover? No, the one in Forty Six in Parsippany. Ooh, can we get some local? How's that? How's that doing? How's that Target for figs? By the way, uh, they have uh, they have a couple of those WrestleMania figures: the Edge, the China. There was a Tatanka there today. I scooped up the three Vaders. Because the one on Route 10 is terrible. Yeah. Who are you going to ask? Steven, you got 10 Vaders? No, I got three Vaders. Three Vaders. Oh, they said you got 10. No, seriously. Wait, you're at the Target and Parsippany. Why don't you just head down to the one in Fairfield right after? Well, I didn't have my car. I dropped my car off at the Firestone to get an oil change, and I walked across the street to uh-huh. check out the Target. Then I Ubered back to the house. Is that still a mini Target? Like a Target half? Yes. Hmm. 
And they got better. They probably they probably do have a better figure selection than the one in East Hanover. Yeah, and I've given up going to the Walmart by me. Cedar Knolls. It's fucking hot garbage. I hope it burns to the fucking ground. <laughs> wow. No AEW fix, I mean, so I shouldn't even waste my time. The only time I found them was that one time I went there to get kitty litter, and that's when I got the Series 1. Hmm. Tony, Tony can't be a hotbed for freaking uh, figure collectors. The way that uh, Mike was in front of your face, Tony, the corner, from my point of view, looked like you had a giant booger hanging out of it. Yeah, there's a it's big like white, white on the back of that. Oh. You're just dreaming about Trevor Murdoch finally winning that NWA World Championship. No, I thought it was a booger for a very long time. I actually tried to move it off my screen first. <laughs> no, uh, you're clear. I, it's just a screw on the it's back. It's literally of the directly under your nose. Oh, this? Yes. Yeah. It's still there. <laughs> So it looks like you have a giant boogie. It's the it light looks- hitting off the uh, windscreen. That's why. Oh. I don't know. Fuck yeah, it. a big old boogie. My nose. I'm Fuck. fucking Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 8. What do you want me to tell you? I will- Owen Hart at a... Survivor Series? Yeah. No. Uh, yes. Survivor Royal Rumble. Series. No, Royal Rumble. I can't I now I can't stop doing this. You're like... Uh, I've- I can't stop looking at it now. It's going to freak me out the entire show. <laughs> so, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's there. I can't wait to screen grab that later. If you're not watching on Facebook, folks, you're missing out on a whole other part of the show. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <laughs> you are the booger master. I'm gonna move I'm gonna move it down. Oh. Uh, it, it needs to be done. Yeah, right. is that now? It looks like it now. It looks like it serves a purpose. Now, now, okay. yeah, better now, more gooder. <laughs> now it looks like he's drooling. <laughs> he's got a loogie he's spitting out of his mouth. <laughs> it does. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> the new microphone. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Now you got to bring it back up so it's a booger now. We have a guest now, so you have to go booger. Well, our guest left. He quit. He, he said, said, fuck, fuck these you guys. He saw, saw what we were doing. I he think he saw your booger. <laughs> said you guys can't yeah, even. Fucking... Thanks for bringing this up. I'm ruined awful. for the night. It was awful timing. Can you get your booger on the Thunderdome? Ooh. I'll just sit there like this. <laughs> Hey, can, I really... like, can I make it look like I'm doing I... coke? No, it look, no, it looks like a loogie. I can't wait till you accidentally really like fucking snot rocket on it in the middle of the show. That's not I, I, Matt, I think I'd rather have, have him put it back up because it on a, it's actually not that bad right now. Thanks, Kate. Somebody's calling me Booger T. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give her that one. Ah, there we go. Oh, boy. Fucking wait, did we lose our guest for real no he left he said fuck you guys <laughs> he's figuring it out he's figuring out zoom oh uh, okay that's all right uh, i kept i was supposed to tell you something it's yard stream stream yard kate sent me an email about it last yeah. week oh yeah she sent me a text about it too i completely forgot about so it so that's how like people can actually join in if they wanted to they can come on uh 
but can you do that like not through Facebook? I thought that was just a Facebook vehicle. I, have I don't no know. Idea. I haven't really looked into it. It's a busy week. Mother's Day. Mama's Day. Um, and I sent out all the boxes of wizardry and T-shirts. The lady at the post office loves me. She fucking loves me. What's me up, and her... Mike? How you doing? That's not Mike. Oh, I'm telling a story. I know we have a guest, but I'm telling a story here. He waved hot. Yeah, he, 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 I don't want to interrupt this great conversation you guys had going on. Yeah, he waved. He knew there was a story going on. Trust me, Matt at the post office is not very interesting. No, me and the lady were laughing at the dude who was applying for a passport that he needed in four weeks, and we were laughing that he wasn't getting his shit, so he better cancel his trip. That's not nice. Come on. Well, don't wait till the last minute to get a fucking passport, you Four wizard. weeks is not the last minute. What's wrong with During you? During COVID, no. it is. Yes, it is. For, dude, you know, you know four weeks is what it used to be for an expedited passport. Nah, you could express that shit now like overnight if you go to Philadelphia. No, to get a passport. Yeah. If you go to Philadelphia, who wants to go to fucking Philadelphia? Oh, really? Didn't you go to Philadelphia every three weeks to go see ECW? Yeah, it was the only thing that was worth going to Philadelphia for. The rest of the city could burn to the fucking ground. That's a Mets fan, baby. How do you feel about Philadelphia? (laughs) Love it, of course. There you go. Mike, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for, for having me on. I know I'm so, I thought it was a whole bunch of codes and passwords I'd have to enter before I joined in, so I clicked the link. I was like, oh, shit, let me get out real quick. No, we're very stupid, so we make it simple for everybody. <laughs> I like how yeah, you, you also this shit enough now. You also have red on, and you match all of us. This is fantastic. I saw that, yeah. Did you do it on purpose? Now, is it Mike Spear? It is Spear, yeah. Real so easy to remember. So it's not fans. like it's not like spear. It is spear. Yeah, it is spear. Well, I said like spear, S P E A R, because that's obviously spear. But yeah, S P E E R is spear. All right. All right. All right. Uh, at the Ace Man cometh on the Twitter machine. You are a comic book writer. Yeah, I'm trying to be. And you're jumping into the world of professional wrestling. Uh, what's the genesis of this uh, wonderful idea? So Championship Wrestling League, the comic, is pretty much a wrestling promotion in itself, in its entirety, but localized in a comic book. So it's not a coming-of-age tale. It's not a kayfabe breaking story tale. It's everything on the other side of the curtain, in-ring action, with backstage promos and all that kind of shit. But a comic or a wrestling promotion, but in a comic. What is this like? Um, now we're wrestling figure collectors, and me and Kevin had figure feds. Is this like you had a fake fed when you were a kid, and now you're putting it on paper? Um, no, it's it, it's completely original. Um, it's I mean, yeah, but everybody you know did backyard wrestling and shit like that, and played with tons of wrestling figures. I still have all my Hasbro's and my LJNs and stuff like that. But really, it's, it's I'm trying to take a little bit of old school with a little bit of new school. Because I you know, obviously want to bring in fans today who, I guess, are missed. They're not getting everything they want from the product right now. So the pace of the action is a little bit slower. It's a lot more character-driven, storytelling-based. Because it's still, you know, obviously a comic book. So the action is only can go so far. But the storytelling is really where it comes out. Which I think, you know, in certain parts of wrestling, it's missing where you're not as invested in the stories like you used to be. So I'm hoping a comic book can can do that, can tell a story in a different way, can tell action where, like I said, slower pace, every move means something. So you're, yes, everything's condensed and tightened up. So it's just, you know, wrestling action, wrestling storytelling in a comic book. 
so being a, a wrestling fan, um, King Terrence King and Scotty Sundown, obviously you draw little bits and pieces of maybe your favorite wrestlers or, or characteristics yeah. that these guys have that maybe, you, you know, you pulled from somebody you grew growing up. Is there any similarities in the comic book to uh, maybe like the Hulkster brother? Everybody is pulled kind of from somebody. So like you can tell like on the first page, that's on the Kickstarter page. You see the announcers, as you see. If you've been a fan since the nine, you know, since at least the nineties or even the late eighties, you can tell that's Jim Ross. It's you know Jim Ross and um, and the other guys based. Dan, uh, Handsome Russ Manson is based off of Jesse Ventura. King Darren's King, the champ, comes from. He's kind of a mix of King Harley Race and Super Macho Man from Super Punch Out. That's why he's got kind of the blonde curly hair, big douchey looking guy. And he's your heel champion against Scotty Sundown, who isn't particularly molded after anybody. But I was looking to do if, if King Terrence King is the king and he's a, you know, he's the big rich heel. I was looking for kind of a, a middle class white meat baby face to go against him. Like I've been describing, you know, as Dusty versus Flair, as Austin versus McMahon. It's the, it's the guy who has everything against the common man. And that's the story I'm building to over the first arc. And the link for the GoFundMe, or the Kickstarter, excuse me, I'm sorry, the Kickstarter is on your Twitter, at AceManCometh, it's right there. Now let me ask you a question, because yep. I was doing my research last night. This ends tomorrow? Yeah, there's pretty much like exactly 24 hours left in the Kickstarter, and I need like half of what I'm asking for. So there's still a long way to go, but I'm hoping this will be, you know, the big last push that I need to get it over the line. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to check it out, at the Ace Man Cometh is uh, Mike's Twitter. You go right over there. It's right there in the bio. You click the link. Every dollar counts. Obviously, there's different tiers. Uh, you can be a character in the in the uh, in the comic book if you got that. You got that fuck you money, and you're looking to throw some of it Mike's way. He'll draw you nice and pretty. Maybe like he'll take a slob like me. He'll give me some muscles. <laughs> well, I, I wish I did the artwork. If I did the artwork, it probably would have been getting it done a lot faster. But there's a, a guy. His name's Mac Redwanski, and he does the artwork. Uh, there's another guy, Itchan on Street. He does the colors. And I mean, I've done the creating, the writing, the promoting, and all that stuff like on Instagram. Uh, the links there too. I put up a whole bunch of everything like that. There was a, I mean, there, this book is going to get made no matter what, because it's, a, I mean, a passion project of mine. I mean, I, I was in the business for a few years. Um, I actually wrestled for ECPW for like five, six years. Um, so, I mean, a lot of that is like what I wasn't getting out of. <laughs> what I wasn't, yeah, I know you guys didn't know that, right? What well, I wasn't getting out of wrestling, kind of I'm trying to put into the comic book. And like I said, everything is on Instagram, tons of pages. I even have a few clips. I put up one the other day and me getting a concussion. A little, little Easter eggs. Well, Mike, I got an Easter egg for you. I don't know if you're familiar with the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, but Shining Wizards Tony, alumni from ECPW. That's right. Really? Yes. I listened to you guys before, but I didn't know that. Oh yeah, we, Matt doesn't oh, like yeah. when I bring up my career because he thinks I'm I'm conflate like overinflating my ego. But uh, yeah, back in what was it, ninety eight, ninety nine area? Okay. Uh, yeah, probably a little before your time. You look like a younger fella. I'm kind of old. I'm, I'm going on 37, brother. Sir, I'm 47. So th thanks. I got a few. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Then maybe you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I broke in about uh, August of 2005 was my first match. So yeah, I was, I was much later to the game. So who was in ECPW aside from Gino? I'm trying to think. Um, were you there? Uh, when, were you there when Wenzel was there? 
No, I was, no I, was, I was after Wenzel. Um, a lot of the UWA elite guys were there. Oh, yes. So, like, like KTB had been there for a little bit. Um, Hedges had been there. Um, Red Hot Russ was there. Um, and actually, uh, Bull James started a little after I got there. Um, and I'm trying to think, a lot of guys that are still around today, I, I don't know, like I said, most, mostly a lot of the UWA elite guys are guys that I worked with. Um, I mean, Andrew Anderson was there. He's always been there. Andrew Anderson, um, he like lives there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's, I mean, as far as I remember, I think that's it. As far as, guys, as far as guys that are around now, that's it. I mean, it's a whole new class of dudes now. I hardly even know. Was, uh, was Kodiak Bear back when you were there? Yeah, for a brief time. Um, he was kind of on the tail end as I was getting in. Um, and then when I got out, he started coming back again. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he was early on. He dropped a whole bunch of weight too when he came back. Cause I remember yeah, when, I came, he, when I trained with him, he was, he was still a big monster. He was huge when I first met him and he could still go. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and he, he was funny as hell, man. He, he was such a cool dude. And then, yeah, then he dropped a ton of weight and then he got back in for a little while. That's awesome, man. Small world, small. World. Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially in North Jersey, man, I mean, there's only two places you can go. You can go to monster factory and, or you can go to ECPW. And I, I mean, it took me two years to actually start training. Cause I mean, I love the business so much. I wanted to be a part of the business. I mean, I, now it's funny. Cause I don't, I don't watch shit. I don't watch the, the new product. I don't even keep up with indie wrestling. I mean, so this, like I said, the comic is trying to like fill the void of what I'm not getting out of wrestling anymore. But I mean, back then, I mean, I was a younger dude and it was, you know, I was single and I had nothing to worry about. So I was, I had to be in the business so much. And I was reading an interview with Paul Enormous, um, you know, the late Paul Enormous. And he was talking about how we trained, uh, at Geno's in Lake Hiawatha, and my job was in Parsippany. I was like, holy shit, man, I got to check this place out. So it's, I drove past the place for a year until I got the balls to actually walk in the door. And then I introduced myself, and then I spent another year just getting into shape and stuff like that, and then finally finally did it. So so you've been, in, you've been into comic books since you were a kid? Is this something that you got into later? I've been into comic books for as long as I can remember. I mostly think cartoons got me started into comic books, like with Spider-Man and shit like that. Um, and then I think it was early 90s where I saw a picture of Spider-Man on a cover um, where it was Cyborg Spider-Man. And I was like, man, I've never seen Spider-Man like that. You've seen cartoons a hundred times, but Spider-Man always looks the same. Now he's on the cover and he's looking badass. His arm is Cyborg. He's got a glass eye. He looks like he's beat up. And it's like, wow, yeah, comic books, you can tell any story you want. Um, and I mean, I've been a wrestling fan since... I mean, so I was born four, and the first wrestling tape I ever owned, the first two wrestling tapes I ever owned were the Hulkster Hulk Hogan and the Road Warriors Road to the Title, WA tape. And both of them came out, I think, in 85 or 86. So, I mean, I've been a fan, like I said, wrestling for as long as I can remember, and in comics, probably not as long, but almost as long. And then I wanted to just eventually, like I said, I wanted to get into the wrestling business. It wasn't for me. I couldn't devote my life to it. So I really didn't want to waste anybody's time, you know, any fans or anybody like that. I wasn't getting out of it what I what I hoped to, but I still loved it. You know, I still love the business, still still love comic books. So eventually I wanted to get into comic book writing. And then it was like, man, how can I not tell a wrestling story? Because there was a WCW or Marvel put out a WCW comic book in the early 90s. That was it was great and it was enjoyable, but it got it, it went too off the rails. Like there's was just wrestling on the pages, but a lot of the moves didn't make sense. Like they, they, the caption it that I do pile driver. And I'm like, that's not a pile driver. We threw a clothesline all weird. And I, so there was a lot missed. Well, I was a fan and I'm like, this isn't right. So the guys who wrote this, not wrestling fans, there's not as big a wrestling fans as I guess I was. 
Um, so this book is like filling all those gaps that I wanted. There was, there was a, an issue where Sting has to defuse a bomb that Cactus Jack planted his cruise. And you're like, oh, this is this is not wrestling. Like, I actually want to see wrestling on TV. I want to see it in my comic and just get another form of wrestling. So what I'm hoping with this book is, like I said, accurate wrestling action because I've been a fan for so long. I was in for it. So I want to, I mean, I brought that up. Not, just, not to put myself over a little bit, but to add a little bit of street cred, you know, to the, of the wrestling action that you're seeing. And everything that I wasn't getting out of that book, I'm trying to put into the book. So it's just another form of wrestling. Wrestling fans love everything. See, you know, if you see the Bushwhackers on a fantasy on Boy Meets World, wrestling is somewhere. And like when Spider-Man, you know, when I found out Spider-Man was a pro wrestler before, um, before he became Spider-Man, that was my favorite superhero because he was in wrestling too. So it's just different form of wrestling that as a wrestling fan, I love to see. So, and I hope others do too. Uh, one thing I didn't I didn't ask you uh, when we were talking about ECPW, what was your character, and do we see some for, some form of your character so far in your comic book? It's funny because even the guys I still know in the business, that's like the first thing they ask. Um, I was I was Ace Wild. I was, was a it? poker player, Ace Wild. Gotcha. Yeah, I was a poker player from Atlantic City. There's a few matches on YouTube. Um, I put up some just to have the archives of them. And I think there's like one or two that other guys put up too. Um, and then, yeah, you can see those out there. I'm going to fill the And then he probably won't show up in the comic. Maybe not till later. Oh, I like it. I like yeah, it. Like, maybe. A season, like a second season character. That, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'd want it to go on forever. Like I've, like I've got issue, issue five. So like I said, the big match I'm building to in issue five is the, the end of the first arc. And it's almost going to be like a pay-per-view. So each issue is going to consist of some interviews, some matches, all those different kinds of things. But the, the last issue in the arc is going to be one big match for the title. And I've got the finish of that all planned out. And then, I'm, you know, I'd like the book to just keep going as, as long as possible. Are we going to get a peek at any of the backgrounds of the characters, family life, what they do outside the ring? I mean, I know you were like more like I want to see the action, but is there any is there any story going on outside of that? Yeah, I mean, each character has their individual personality, obviously. And I've, I mean, I've had the idea. I mean, I've got the individual artist on it right now who's ongoing for the series and myself writing it. But I'd love to do different artists to do like one shot on the way WWE puts out those. Well, they have the documentaries now on the network, like 365 and 24, where you learn about the guys. And so I'd like to do one shot issues like that that aren't wrestling action, but they're like one shot spotlights on each wrestler like maybe even towards the end of the first arc, like put one out on Scotty Sundown so you get to know what he's about and I'll get the fans into him a little bit more and learn about his background and his life and his upbringing, just like those documentaries you see on individual you know, wrestlers that are out now. That's awesome. Hey, Matt, did we find anything on Ace Wild yet or are we still looking? I found, I found, a, I found a, are you, Scott Ace's Wild? No. Oh, it's a W-Y-L-D-E. Ah, <laughs> Come on, man! Yeah, it couldn't be too blatant. I had to put a little twist on, it like it was a name. Oh, there we go. Uh, you're not, you're not a wrestler if you don't spell your name with a Y in there somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, well, I had, to, I had the trash bag shorts too. Of course, I was, I was a two thousand <laughs> indie wrestler for sure. Did you have the? Uh, did, did you have to battle the the great Gino Caruso? I did not. Um, when I when I was in ECPW, I started kind of branching it off, almost like like two different brands, like Raw and SmackDown. They had adrenaline, oh. which was a lot. A lot of the more just, tenured guys, just like just is, like Raw SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, it, which is 
yeah, where um, <laughs> it was a lot more tenured guys. And then they did Showcase, which again, they still have these two brands now, but it wasn't like it was back then. And Showcase was like, actually, Jay Lethal was on it, was on a, an early show. Uh, Arcadia, Eric Corvus, a lot of the UWA elite guys, Stern, or they, they were there before. What about, know, they, um, what about, uh, let me throw a name at you just because he's a, a friend of the show. What about a uh, Big Ben? Oh, Big Ben Cromwell, yeah. AQ. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was there. As I was getting out, he was coming in. Like, I actually had, um, I think my last match was in like 2014, um, where I went back for one more match because it was in my hometown. And I went to practice the week before, and Ben was the only guy I knew at practice. Was so Sunday, I went there, and he remembered me, and I locked up and worked with him a little bit just to, to work out the ring rust. Was Sonny Kiss there when you went back? No. Sonny Kiss came out, I think, long after I was gone. I, was, I mean, like I said, I was, I was only in for about five or six years. Um, so, I, yeah, so I was gone by, by 2010 or so, and it was a whole new crop of guys coming in just after me. They still got that boxing ring in the back up at Geno's? I don't know if they still do now. They did back then where like the, bo- the board, the board would slide out. And when you're working spots in the back, the board would slide out and you'd fall in the hole in the ring and all right, everybody out and push it in. And yeah, uh, I mean, man, I, I would, I would go up to a couple shows at Gino's before he painted the main arena black. So it was still like, it just looked like a uh, yeah. great room. At that point he had the boxing ring as his main ring in that, in that, in that main room. And I, I forget who else was on the show. Joe Rules was there. You probably don't know any of these names. But Joe Rules was in a tag match. One of the opponents was Bobby Piper. He was really early in Gino Caruso land. I went up there because Devin Storm invited me to go up. So I hung out with him. We watched the show. I think he worked a match with Ace Darling. But yeah, somebody got slammed during the show, mind you, right through the middle of the ring. The board went up in the air. It was hilarious. Years later, when I started right. training, we were training in that very same ring in the back can't believe yeah when i when i was in there they had just painted the place all black i was a part of that i helped paint it black and stuff like that but they did have the new ring um and they had there was you know like the tape was was coming off of the ropes but they had just like retaped the ropes when i was coming in they were real because it was a whole new crop of guys so they were really looking to revamp everything and set up you know sort of good tv and that's actually um right around the time or actually just before i broke in is when um jersey all pro went there and they filmed a few jersey all pro worldwide episodes so they tried making it like even like a TV venue he could rent out. There was a few other places, I think, too, like show, places who ran like one or two shows and they ran it out of his building. So he got some money from, you know, renting out the building. And it looked a little bit more professional, too, because it was painted black and the ring was all done up and, and newer looking. Um, and then now, you know, things just progressed. Actually, the, re- the re- I was there when the reason they don't have shows there anymore, um, mm-hmm. because so, again, what we were doing with the showcase and the, um, the adrenaline deal so Showcase was looking to have a big show that we were looking to promote there because that was the only place we ran shows. Uh, adrenaline, you know, versus ECW, they ran all over, but Showcase just ran in the arena. And what happened was we did a press conference that I think Cheeseburger in Paradise off of 46, which has, you know, been long gone now. Yeah. Um, but but the guy, a guy from the Star Ledger showed up and he was taking pictures and it was actually, it was um, Mo Sexy and Dave Logan. And they were the main event that was coming up that they were building to. Oh, and what happened... Hey. Yeah, um, and what happened was there was a re- the reporter from the Star Ledger interviewed somebody there. I don't know his name, but they interviewed him, and he all he did was talk about like his backyard wrestling days. Yeah, I've been set on fire. I've been hit with broken glass, and took it way out of context because we didn't do. I mean, not didn't do any of that shit. It was a family friendly show for the most part, so that was what was on the front page of the Star Ledger. 
that got out the people in the town didn't like hearing that they thought that kind of stuff is what was going on at the i mean this is what I, this is what i'm pretty sure happened if i'm not i mean you know there's other people that probably might do but that's and then people in the town of lake hiawatha heard this and they thought that's the kind of shows that were going on there and they put the goodbye on having shows there because some newspaper article was taken completely out of context yeah, I remember, I forget who we spoke to on the show, but I think somebody else told us, you know, pretty much the same thing. I think that story is fairly accurate, but I would think that anyone who lived in Lake Hiawatha could have just popped in for a show and saw for themselves or even watched one of the programs on TV. That's not what Gino was about at all. Yeah, so I don't know where it came from. I mean, I, I mean, I, there was some kind of outcry even from other places because the headline, because who had just returned from uh, OVW after tearing his ACL. And the headline is what Dave Logan told them was that I will tear your ACL off and wear it like a necklace. And that was the headline on the Star Ledger. And people saw that and lost their shit because they thought it was just hardcore, you know, extreme wrestling going on. And like I said, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know why the, the folks in the town thought all of a sudden things got crazy, but they put the kibosh and everything. Maybe, maybe they found the, the footage of that Gino show that you were on, Tony, where uh, the blood packet got stuck to his head. <laughs> Ah, he didn't want a blade. I don't know what to tell well, you. Don't, don't do a blood spot, you fucking Irish American. We know you're not Italian, Gino. Yeah, that, that that that's the gimmick on the show a long time that Gino's Irish. And and and, and Mike, just so fair game here, if we're gonna watch Ace Wild matches, uh, just Google ECPW the experiment, and you will see a very heavy Tony, very heavy Tony, as the experiment with the Countess, and he is a. <laughs> Uh, a knockdown. Yeah, I, to get a little payback, I'm definitely going to check that out. It's a knockdown like drag said, out with Gino. Hopes up watching watching these matches, but I call your friends, get the popcorn. It's a good old ECPW. You might even see a very very skinny Shining Wizards Matt in the front row, being very obscene because <laughs> he couldn't differentiate uh, ECW from anywhere else in the world. So he just brought that attitude to Lake Hiawatha. <laughs> Gino was not very appreciative of it. Championship Wrestling League, brand new comic book at the Ace Man Cometh on the Twitter machine. The Kickstarter uh, link is right in there. We're down to like the last 24 hours. Every dollar helps. The book will get done, right? You said the book's getting done regardless. Yeah, it will get done no matter what, but getting this funds from the Kickstarter will sure as hell get it done a lot faster. And faster is good because we want to check this out. Uh, Mike is uh, at CWL Comic also on Instagram. So be sure you're checking yep. that out. You're following them because even when the Kickstarter is over, like Mike just said, the book's getting done. Uh, but, you know, if he can reach his goal in the next 24 hours, it'll get done a lot faster. And then it'll be in your yep. hands uh, a lot faster. And you can enjoy a uh, wonderful wrestling comic book. Absolutely. That says it all. Well, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'd love to have you come back on anytime and uh, shoot the shit. Obviously, you're an old school wrestling fan. We talk a lot about the golden days of professional wrestling, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best of success with uh, Championship Wrestling League. Again, at the Ace Man, Ace Man Cometh on Twitter, at Mike Spear Jr. on Instagram, at CWL Comic on Instagram. Follow all the accounts. you get all the updates. If you can uh, donate to the Kickstarter, please do so because we're down to the last yeah. 24 hours. Anything helps, uh, and the book is getting done regardless. But, uh, again, it's all about getting it done sooner rather than later. Yep. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for having me on, man. Mike, I'll be at a good time. We'll talk soon. And your T-shirt, I mailed out your T-shirt today. So 
Fantastic. Thank you so much, man. Can't wait. Appreciate the support. We'll talk to you soon, Mike. Take care, guys. Thanks. Take care, Mike. All right, Mike Spear Jr. over there doing the Championship Wrestling League. Uh, please be sure to check it out on the Kickstarter. It's so funny. ECPW is like... It's everywhere. It's ingrained. You can't get away from it, man. You can't get away from it. It's like the coronavirus. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> Sorry. I'm telling you, man. If they were running fucking shows when I lived in Parsippany, I would have been there every fucking weekend if I had a chance. But they, by that point, they had moved out. They were doing shows in like Paramus or some bullshit like that. Well, it's not yeah, so much that they moved out. It's like Mike said, you know, they they had this incident where this jack-off was saying all these nasty things were happening at the ECPW arena, which, come on. I mean, you've been to a bunch of Gino shows. Gino never never did shit like that with, like, barbed wire or blood and stuff like that. It's like the tamest wrestling you could possibly see. I, so, uh, yes. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. It still follows you around like an STD, though. Yeah, pretty much. Every once in a while, that itch comes back, Kev. You, kind of just to remind you it's still there. You scratch that yeah. shit, son. Not even, not even like the good itch. Like itch is like kind of been spun towards like a positive word. Like, oh, I got, it. I got. The, you know, I want to buy some baseball cards. I got the itch. I'm gonna scratch it. This is not that kind of itch. My God! That's right. I was in, and then it dropped out. Kevin, yeah, you said you watched a shitload of wrestling this week, so let's get into it, buddy. Where do you want to start, Kevin? Oh, that's your call, Coach. I watch. I'll tell. You, let me tell you what I watched first. How about that? All right, all right. Uh, I did not watch Raw. All right. I watched uh, Tuesday. What did I, watch? I watched NXT. All right. I watched AE Dub. I watched. Yeah, all right. I watched Impact. Uh, Blood and Guts AE Dub. By the way, I watched Impact. I watched MLW, and I watched Ring of Honor. I watched it all, baby. Nice, Kevin. Full week, getting it in. Had to, had to, baby. Had to, had to clear the mind. And what better way to clear the mind than with some pro wrestling? Oh yeah, this ain't no hit piece, Daddy. Oh yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. I think. Uh, I think. Let's start. I think the big news of the week. Well, not the big. There's a lot of shit we have to talk about that that happened after last Monday night show. But let's talk blood and guts first. Tony, did you see blood and guts? Nope. Oh man! All right, Kev. Let Let's hear. What do you think of Blood and Guts? Listen, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I don't care. Of course, there you can point to certain spots that you know, whatever you know, botches, little things that you know, talking, communication. There's the one thing. If I have any critique at all, and I'm not in the business of critiquing the wrestling business, but the wrestlers got to pay. More attention or the production crew has to pay more attention to the cameras where they are when people talk to each other i guess if that's my only little nitpick but i do i'm not even going to talk about that anymore because i love the heck out of this match i like the heck out of the whole show there's a lot of good stuff on this show overall that i absolutely adored the uh, the four-way tag match Britt baker who i think is is on pace she hasn't been the woman's champion yet correct matt correct She's got to. It's like it's time to pull the trigger unless it's something that they just think will completely keep people enticed until she gets there. I think she's got to I think they got to pull the trigger on her. But if you want to go main event status, which was dude, everything in theory was done so well. Everyone I loved it. I loved everything about it. It was 
don't you're not gonna get a bad word out of me about that match. You know them coming out and like the uh, uh, the inner circle coming out like the, the the prison uniforms with you know LAX with oh god I keep calling them LAX proud and powerful co- uh, coming out with like their traditional big fight you know dead presidents makeup Sammy Sa- God bless Sammy Sammy's character is gonna get over if he just c- completely like and he's already over but I'm saying like him wanting to start and I'll take out every single one of you if I have to when he actually goes in to prove it ah so good so good any uh any questions about what i thought about specific spots or or no i just i just loved it uh, no because i'm with you i i mean i loved it too i thought it was fucking awesome it was a really nice throwback to war games i'm with you with the production um like a thing that really bothered me was you could see jericho with the blade in his hand when they were on top of the cage and they're not, and they're not the only ones. Impact no, has had has some trouble with that too, and some other and other other companies have as well. I think it's still just even though we're a year and a half, almost two years, or not almost two years, but like a year and months into this pandemic ish thing, that that you might still have some questions about how to react to the cameras or know where you are, positioning, or maybe maybe this cameraman wasn't here last week. I don't know. Like it's, but you're right. I mean. There were some things that needed to be fine-tuned, but other than that, dude, MJF, bro, if he wasn't already a fucking megastar, he was made, made. They they, they did a lot of right during this. I really, I think the positives outweigh the negative. I love this cage match. I talked about it Wednesday night. Uh, I watched it twice. There was blood. Uh, They put a fucking uh, disclaimer at the beginning of the show letting you know, like, this is going to be, like, a fucking a war. This is exactly what yeah. it's described as blood and guts. And, and they didn't waste any time with that. Cause I think like one of the revival guys was like cut open, like a minute into the match. Or... Uh, I thought Sammy looked like a star. I thought Wardlow looked fucking great. Yeah. Uh, FDR looked awesome. Santana and Ortiz, Sean Spears, like no one looked bad in this match to me no. in terms of I... like, like even guy like Sean Spears, who is, been up and down and he's been up since the pinnacle and it's been great like he like you could take any one of those like single guys whether it be spears mjf or wardlow and in the same circuit hager jericho well jericho's jericho or sammy like put them in the main event tomorrow i'm watching same thing with you know ftr and and proud and powerful i mean they're just it's hard to other than like the nitpicking stuff it's hard to criticize when you have that much talent in one match. It was just, I loved it. Now it did not take, it didn't bother me, but it was a lot of, what'd you think about the Jericho fall? Uh, I mean, I think I knew it was going to happen the moment I saw that weird box that was there from the beginning. And I was like, like, is that a new entrance? Like, what is that? Like, that's bizarre. That's not usually there. Is it usually there? It's not usually there. Right? No, it's not usually there. Yeah, so I was like, all right, that's got to be for that match. Again, it's it's something that they're going to need to learn to deal with because, I mean, WWE, it's, it, it's happened. Like, it, if someone makes a big fall, it's going to look padded at some point once they finally break through it. So like I, Shane McMahon bumps. Like Other than Mick Foley's in the hell in the cell, everything at some point is... Right, it breaks. It breaks. So there was a theory on the Wednesday night show, the Mark Order podcast. Anthony thought that rug that they had with the AEW logo on it—that was where he was. That was where he should have landed because 
it would have done the same thing, but that with the rug there, as he impacts, he didn't feel like the mats would come up, and you would see that there were pads under there. So that was a rug that wasn't part of the. I, I didn't. Know, was, I didn't realize that was a rug. Yeah, I think when you go back and you look at it, it looks like there's a, that AEW logo is like a rug, and if he lands on that rug, so he did not land on that rug. He missed it. He overshot it, and that's where he hit, and you saw everything break, and the pads were exposed. Which again, it doesn't. Bo- look, I'm not looking. I for did. Some- I. You know, I. I thought that was the way it was supposed to be. I'm not looking for another Mick Foley off the Hell in a Cell cage like. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's fucking. It's the irony. Whatever. I don't it's, care. That doesn't bother me one way or the other. Unless, nah. it, unless it was, unless Jerry Crow got hurt, then that would bother right. me. Well, it's but, funny because uh, the people who were upset that Matt okay, Hardy and whatever it is, what it is. I'm, I'm not complaining about a rug. Yeah, the people that got upset that Matt Hardy fell and hit his head and then continued his match are the same people that complain that there's mats there when Jericho falls. I don't. I don't think that's true at all. I heard that argument quite a bit. I. I think my concern. I didn't even see the spot. I'm just wondering when is one of these spots going to stop? And it's not an AEW thing; it's a wrestling thing in general. Why do we always yeah. have to throw somebody off of something? This well, this spot made sense in the match because MJF was like, you know, surrender to you know inner circle, or I'm going to throw him off the thing. And then once they surrendered, he still threw him off the thing. So why did they even surrender to begin with? Why didn't they just say go? Because them? they didn't know that they, they trusted MJF wouldn't throw them off the thing. Trusted, listen to what you just said, though. They no, that, that, but that's a different argument, Tony. I'm just I'm just explaining to you what happened. I all right, I understand. But to your point, why would they listen to MJF? He's been nothing that, but a dick to that them. That wasn't my. I didn't have a point with that. I was just narrating right, what you happened. You said that still was part of the story. My question is, why did they have that? Why did they fucking fall for that shit? That was stupid. Uh, because but the, I think the main it, point is. I mean, it's it's whether or not you want to take the gamble. Do you want to take the gamble that? When are we going to stop throwing people off of things? That was my main point. It's not an AEW thing. It's a wrestling thing in general. It's fucking. It's becoming stupidity, is what it is. Yeah, but this this wasn't that bad. Wait, let me finish. It's not an AEW thing. It's a wrestling thing in general, and that that fucking annoys me. It annoyed me at WrestleMania with Shane. It annoyed me with this AEW thing. It just fucking annoys me. Stop. But the way Tony, if you watch it, the way they had this set up, it really wasn't that high. And there was so much area. Why though? You're in Tony. Connect. I I can't. No, because you're in war games. You're supposed to be trapped in this cage. If everybody can fucking leave, what do you have a cage for to begin with? So then what's the point with the hell in the cell then? There is none. That's my point. But you're making it 20 years too late. No, I'm not, Kevin. They did it at WrestleMania with Shane McMahon, for Christ's sake. But it started in 1998. It started in 1998. And it's 2021, for Christ's sakes. 23 years, we're still doing the same shit. I thought we were evolving in wrestling. Says who? What are you, you, Cornette? Are they still working half-hour headlocks, Kevin? Wrestling is supposed to be evolving. But 23 years later, people are still falling off of fucking high shit. It doesn't make sense to me. That's my point. You're in war games, for God's sake. You can't figure out a finish with five on five without throwing somebody off. Uh, uh, All right. That's the fairest point that you made, but it still fit in what they did. Like every other cage match that has a roof, you go onto the roof. Right. But I think the point is why? Because it's expected, that's why. Because Mick Foley did it 24 years ago, 23 years ago, and now all of a sudden he upped the game. Everybody's got a, it's a game of can this, you but, this? But it's it, Tony, unless you watch it, this anymore. didn't up the game. This this was actually the most tame 
falling okay. off of a cage I've ever seen in my life. So you two, you guys are having two completely different arguments here. Okay. All right. You're Kevin. You're talking specifically about blood and guts. Tony's talking about every time there's a cage match with a roof on top of it, or even without a roof, really. Since the Mick Foley thing, the expectations are there's going to be a cage. Something crazy has to happen. And if you and Matt, if it goes even back further than that. Like, what about New Jack with all the shit in ECW? Fucking no, pulling Vic Grimes off him and Spike Dudley jumping off the fucking balconies. I don't dis- right, so, I don't disagree with either of you. So was it a problem then? Did you have a problem with it then when it was clearly way more dangerous? Why my problem is why we keep doing it. If there's an expectation now that in every match with some sort of device around the ring, somebody's got to get thrown off of it or jump off of it. Right, like why why does Io Shirai need to go to the top of the cage and put herself in a garbage can and then jump onto everybody? Exactly. Uh, now that you just picked the most outlier of ridiculous outliers. But, but that there, ever look, existed. why does Shane McMahon have a match every year at WrestleMania so he could jump off of high shit? Right, and he had one again this year. Yeah, I mean, thing. I'm not denying that it exists, and but thing is, though, if you were going to argue about it like now, this isn't the match to argue about it. Right, this is he's the not, one that you could possibly. But have. he's not arguing about this match. He's arguing about in the the world of professional wrestling. Every time there's a cage match, All the right, expectations well then, are, and his question is why? Why does that have to happen? Right. The point of the point I mean, of a cage match is to keep the participants in the ring. Then we do hell in the cell. And even with the first hell in the cell match, Kane rips the fucking door off. So we've completely defeated the purpose of the hell right. in the cell. And now we've evolved to the point that the idea from Tony's perspective is that the cage is supposed to keep the combatants in the ring. But we right. always find a way on top of the cage. Of course. So it defeats the purpose of the cage. Right. And if we were doing this podcast 20 years ago, I would agree with you. But we are where we are now. Right. But this isn't specific to this match, Kevin. This is in a grander thing. It's not this right. match in particular. No, I'm with you. And I don't necessarily agree. I, I agree with Tony. And this, it doesn't have to happen every single time. But because that's where we are. I mean, again, if, if we were doing this podcast in 2001, 2002, 1998, I would agree with you. But it's been this many years and to bring this up as a serious problem with the match is seem seems either moot or just not worth even arguing about. I don't think he sees it as a problem with the match. I think he sees it as a problem with every time we see a cage, our expectations as fans are, we need to see someone do something ridiculous. Right. Well, I, mean, I mean, what you could, you could say the same thing about it. You could say the same thing about a ref bump. You could say the same thing about like, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a special guest ring announcer match or a special guest ref match. You could say the same. It's it's gonna happen. It's what it is. But why? It's just so, a gimmick. But That's, but but why is it acceptable? Why is it so? You want to see some crazy daring shit, but when Jericho jumps, gets pushed off the top of the cage, and the pads are exposed, you can't. And I'm not saying you are. So just. Okay. Okay. Not saying it. This is your perspective, but I'm saying, in the world of professional wrestling fans, you can't want, 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 and then when they do it, so the performer or performers are safe about it. You bitch and moan because it's you really want to see someone fucking fall twenty feet to the concrete. Oh no, I'm a hundred percent with Tony on with, with. Yeah, fuck them. 
So it's like you, you as a professional, like, like that, fuck that noise for sure. Right. So these companies give, give, give with these crazy high spots and, and here's a cage and we're going to do something outlandish. And then it's done to appease the fans. And then you as a fan are like, well, he fell on a crash pad. Well, yeah, he fell on the fuck. No fucking human being is supposed to fall yeah. 30 feet from the fucking sky onto goddamn concrete. Yeah. So Tony's point is, why do we keep doing this then? All right. I guess because they think if they're going to go with the way that they wanted to tell the story where MJF wanted to have the entire inner circle in the palm of his hands with their leader at his clutches, I guess they thought that this was the way. Now, does the inner circle believe MJF or do they not? They believed him. So they said, you know, we give up. We surrender this and that. And I know we're not specifically talking about this match, but this is the point that we are right now. So it fit the story. And then it just made, I mean, if you could think of a better way to make MJF look like a bigger heel than to, to, to lie about what he was going to do, I'm all ears, but this just seemed like the way to do it. And it made sense to me. No, not in maybe not in a professional wrestling sense, but. No, it fit the story perfect. It fit that it was Sammy was the guy who decided that they were going to surrender because yep. now there's the story with him and MJF. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's something but, like... But to get back to Tony's thing, if if if, uh, if I had the choice to do it at all or not do it at all, I would not do it at all. But that's, I mean, it's, the, the argument is, again, like 30 years too late. T. Uh, sorry, Booger T. Anything? No. I look. I didn't see the match. I don't know if it fit in the story or not. My 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 whole thing was just yeah. And I'm, I think I think we're on the same page, Tony. I really do. It's just that it's just it's just we're just it's just different. It's it's fine. No, we we could we could agree to disagree and whatnot. And I and. Then, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just tired of people diving off of things. Like I don't even compare it. Like, whatever. If, if the pads get exposed and people complain about it, what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. It's wrestling fans. Either they're going to like it or they're going to hate it. it is what it is. People love and people hate Hogan Andre. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, yeah. it's your taste. It's, it's what you want to accept and what you don't want to accept. So it is what it is. In the, realm of tastes tony's i'm a little surprised that you enjoy the nwa power but you don't bother with the what's it called nwa power surge i i did watch most of it oh are, are we are we are we shifting are we done with talking AEW? yeah because i think blood and guts was the big takeaway you know yeah. this week this week i'm fucking jacked up i don't have to work wednesday night fucking dean ambrose john moxley whatever the fuck his name is against yuji nagata for the iwgp us heavyweight championship i'm all in i'm gonna have a fucking yuji nagata boner bam blue just i'm gonna smack everything with my blue justice that was some pretty fun stuff that, that kenny omega did with the with the with dean ambrose and uh and eddie kingston and shit that was pretty fun but Nakazawa, Nakazawa is great, by the way. Michael Nakazawa. Yeah, he's in a fun character. So there's yeah. a lot, so lot that of, was all- a lot of spoons in the porridge, and we'll get into it when we talk uh, Impact, Kevin, because Kenny Omega obviously is the AEW World Champion and the Impact World Champion uh, and the AAA Mega Champion. So he's uh, dipping his spoon everywhere. Can't wait to talk about AAA. <laughs> Him and Andrade. Uh, I was just making stuff up. I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> Look out, donkey. 
So Tony, what's what's the power surge? Power surge is obviously not. I'm looking at the recap right here. It's clearly not. Yeah, so, so I wasn't expecting power surge this week. You know, I mean, but I guess it makes sense because they had the whole uh, Trevor Murdoch, you know, 30 day suspension, or you know, sabbatical, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he really didn't do anything wrong. He lost a match, and that was the stipulation. So do you really call it a suspension? Like I don't know. Whatever. He's got 30 days of vacation to talk about eating boogers with his kids. I guess whatever. Um, genocide wrestled sky blue. I did watch this. I watched a bunch of this. I just, I gave up on it after a while. Cause it's just kind of like, I don't want to say filler cause it moves things along, but kind of like something I wasn't interested in last week, to be honest with you. Uh, so genocide wrestled sky blue. She looked great. She's a fucking, she's another big bitch. I mean, her and her and um, Camille had that match a couple weeks back, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago at this point. Uh, and that match, was awesome, right? too. So I, I like big things for Genocide. Sky Blue's pretty good, but this was a squash. It is what it is. You know what it was. Uh, Trevor Murdoch, the booger eater, your buddy, uh, sat down with Mae Valentine. He's not, and, he's uh, not my buddy. He took, buddy. Huh? He's not my buddy. Oh, you love, come on. You love the booger eater. Future world heavyweight champion, the booger eater, by the way. Kevin. I'm holding yep. him to this. When we pick this fucking pay-per-view, you're picking. You better pick Trevor Murdoch, motherfucker. He might not be in the main event of this pay-per-view. I don't think he's got the main event draw. He's fucking the main event of this pay-per-view. Shut up. I don't think I don't think they rush this. I think this is a slow burn. I think, um, hey, unless apparently, and this is part of the show I missed, they're having a battle royal next week to decide who's going to challenge for the championship at the next pay-per-view. Royale. Now. Booger Eater's not in the ba- in the Battle Royal, right? Because he's suspended. Do we get do we get a, a Midnight Trevor? Maybe little mask action. Yeah, but fucking he'll, he's gonna dress like a booger. Does Aaron Stevens win and give his title shot to Trevor Murdoch? Maybe they're buddies. I don't. Midnight maybe Murdoch. Tim Storm wins. Maybe we get Tim Storm against Nick Aldis again. If he wins a title shot, that circumvents. The, the 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 ruling that he can't challenge anymore, right? It's a Lex Luger kind of thing at SummerSlam, right? Uh, I don't know the I don't so have a I don't have an NWA handbook a rule book in front of me, so I can't. So funny! Up. I just I watched Royal Rumble '94 and SummerSlam '93 literally. <laughs> like, so you're up on the whole <laughs> this, this week too. It's, it's yeah, so it out sometimes. Yeah. yeah so, and. Um, Nick Aldis came out and said that uh, Tom Latimer and your national champion, Chris Adonis, are your number one contenders, and they'll be challenging for the tag belts. Because Kratos and uh, Aaron Stevens still aren't getting along so great. So who knows what that's going to hold. Maybe Kratos finally becomes a member of of Strictly Business. Says it's open to anybody at any time. Who knows? I don't know. What else happened? Do we have anything else developing with the women, or was that it? From no, the, NW, from it, the right? NWA? Yeah. No, not that was this. it. Yeah. Well, now I feel about that. these. Uh, what are they called? Power surge? Surge? So you didn't watch it. You just you just caught the recap. Or you right. Read yeah, it I just read the recap. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting little filler, I guess, so they could spread out their tapings and whatnot. But you know, it was what it was, I guess. We got story progression, right? Yeah, we did. And and the and you ask about the women, I am all in obviously on Ring of Honor and their women's division. So now every Wednesday on YouTube it's a Ring of Honor's Women Division Wednesday. Uh and I was, you know, Vita Von Star. I think Vita Von Star is a babe. 
I like her very much. She had her first Ring of Honor wrestling match, but she lost to goddamn Sumi Sakai. How old is Sumi? She's got to be in her 50s, She no? is like fucking 600 years 107. Old. And she's only at Ring of Honor to look for a girl with green eyes. Oh, like some fucking um, Big Trouble Little China yeah, shit? she's there for Lopan, okay? I know what she's up to. <laughs> she's up to no fucking good. All right. By the way, right. Sumi Sakai, 49. I told you she was like 600 years old. Sumi she was- Sakai, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast. No, Matt wants uh, Vita Von Dita, whatever. So I would love Vita Von Star and or Quinn McKay. Quinn McKay's a babe. And she's, she's an adorable little thing, that one. She is a babe, and she wrestled her balls off against Angelina Ooh, Love. She's that kind of babe, huh? That's it, she is. Uh, also, Maria Canellis announced that uh, Roxy was getting a golden ticket into the Women of Honor um, tournament. And she is a Booker T trainee. Uh, she's 19 years old. She did like a tag match on Women of of uh, Women of Honor a couple weeks ago. Um, so she's in the tournament 100. percent So oh, uh, that's yeah. just a little little tidbit from the Ring of Honor Women's Division. I'll try and keep tabs on it. Um, not to complain, but there's a fucking lot of wrestling every week, so it's hard to keep up on everything. <laughs> But I know we so all. How about... So how about that Booker T documentary? How about that Booker T documentary? <laughs> I watched that last night. Um, now we all watched MLW this week. Kevin, I'm interested for your take because Tony is the the MLW guy every week. Uh, I catch it when I can, although sometimes begrudgingly I watch it. But Kevin, you have watched, sat down and watched MLW in a hot minute. No, and I, I purposely skipped the top ten just to be to make sure if we wanted to do that. So, so I watched I watched every bit. Tony, I like this show, man. Not bad, was, right? Was I was I did I catch it on a good day or what? I well, this this I was the season did. finale. Yeah, you really. What did. does that mean? It's their season finale. Well, because the next set of tapings is going to happen July tenth when they go to Philadelphia. Okay, so that's what they, they kept saying that. All right. Yeah, so this this was the last of the tapings that they did. I want to say when Feb, no November. Could that be? When did, when did MLW come back? November was the restart, wasn't it, Matt? I guess I maybe I don't know. It was a while ago, so I guess they finally made it through all their matches that they that they did during that taping. So, so yeah, so July tenth is the uh, the the big return after this. So we got I guess we got two months off. Yeah, I was gonna say, what are they gonna fucking show for two months? Probably just some reruns and shit. Maybe some old fusions, like the undergrounds, whatever they called it back in the day. Oh yeah, probably because they've done that before, right? When COVID first started, didn't they start playing all that old shit? Yeah, but this so, but this is gonna be a stretch, man. Unless they got some other shit in the can that they didn't tell us about, this is gonna be a long stretch. Yeah, I mean, if it, I like, I like that they called it like. It's not like Raw where like the season premiere is just the next week. This is actually going to be like a, a TV show off season, I guess, where they, you know the show ends in you know March and then comes back in September. So, Kev, I'm curious, what did you like? What didn't you like? I mean, I mean, first Leo Rush and my, the way that they kept building that up the entire show was awesome. And listen, I mean, we may have been critical of Leo Rush at times and. In, in terms of some things that he said, but I've never not been a fan of Leo Rush. I think he's awesome. And I thought 
no one can argue what he does in the ring. And Myron Reed is Myron Reed is like the best. Like he's so awesome. That match was, and first of all, I like this. Might be like I, I thought there were fans there. <laughs> like was I was I like that blinded where like there was like nobody there? Like even in the top levels, there was nobody there. No, nobody was there. Saying that there was like sweet, but. This, okay. This, this, this right. was all- well, well, listen. They could have fooled me. Other than, uh, unlike Impact, or unlike, like, I thought there were people there in the top, like surrounding, like in the balcony or whatever it was. Uh, I love that. Uh, yeah. Oh, Hammerstone promo, Von Erich's promo. Like, love, Hammer- love me some Hammerstone. Love me the Von Erich promo. It was good stuff. Talking about the knee with Tom Lawler, which. Unfortunately, Matt, we talked about it last week that he's had that injury since November of 2019 and he re-aggravated it in that tag team chain match they had a few weeks back. So that's the ongoing story that poor Marshall Von Erich's knee is all tore up. Let me tell you something. I don't give a shit what the Von Erich say. If every one of their fucking promos has has a uh, stranglehold in the background, I instantly uh, want to fucking murder somebody. I love it. I, I get so fired up. I was... uh. I had like a weird week this week with work, a couple of rainouts and shit. So I watched it Thursday afternoon and I was like, I had the laptop out and I was like kind of tweeting here and there and watching it. And uh, I was watching the cat do something weird. And then I heard stranglehold. And then I heard Devon Eriks and I was like, let's go murder somebody. The cat was like, what I'm just going to keep murder, dude. I'm fucking all fired up, man. Stranglehold's a great song. I think I do want to murder people too. I don't know. Wow. You heard it here first folks. Exhibit a, your honor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that won't look good for you, Matt. If you do actually end up doing that, right? Of course, well, yeah. This would be bad, but uh, you know, at least maybe we'll get some listens. So we got we got a continuation. Uh, Richard Holiday, first of all, squashed Ariel Dominguez, but we got continuation with uh, his oh, yeah. nonsense with Gino Medino. So this have, this is what I had a question about. Sure. So Hammerstone, they mentioned that like Hammerstone is getting a lot of ba- like good like support, like babyface support, right? So and now Richard Holiday is still his marketing guy. So are they is and this promo kind of tied it all in for me. I guess I guess the most marketable man's a has seen the light. Is he a is he a good guy now? And is Gino Medina the bad guy or what? Oh, Gino Medina's an asshole. 100%. Okay. And if you noticed when Holiday went up there to talk to Alicia Toot, those guys were starting to get along a little bit, huh? Did that take you by surprise? No, she suggested the Hammer Dick t-shirt. Come on. I understand, but her and Holiday have always kind of like been, you know, at each other. So maybe maybe their uh, their love-hate relationship is starting to turn to some love now, huh? Yeah, you can look, mm-hmm. you can only hate season. you can only hate so much until it turns into love well, or this, murder. This is what we've been hoping for. This is this is our Braxton Sutter Pepper Parks uh alley Laura Von Ness story all over again, and I'm kind of digging it. Kind of digging it. Oh, so you're, um, like, actually talking about love. Oh, yeah. These two are going to hook it up, bro. She's going to wind up being Elizabeth to his macho man. Hopefully he doesn't lock her in a closet. Anyway. Well, what you um, know what? We never saw anything come of the uh, Hammerstone-Georgia uh, Smith relationship. Oh, they shit canned her once Once Davy Boy was on the outs, I guess. Who yeah. knows? You don't think Hammerstone so when- hit her with his hammer dick and that was a wrap? Of course he did. So T Dunk, when when Alex Ham- when Hammerstone was referencing Joseph, was he talking? L. Yeah, he was. He was talking about Samuel because Samuel. Every time Hammerstone's had an interview, 
uh, Contra's had their little break in where he's, you know, talking shit about them. And supposedly, allegedly, since they control the title, they control the title shots. Maybe that's why this whole like championship committee was put into play. I don't know. It's weird. It's a whole weird runaround story to get Hammerstone his title shot. I, but he made like the promo was so great, like saying oh, like the promos have been fire from both. Like the whole time, like the whole time, I thought Fatu was running from me. Fatu's not running from me. He's not afraid of nothing. That was good shit. It's Joseph. It's like he thought that maybe you were unbeatable, but maybe not so much anymore. I yeah. love like that was a perfect promo. Also, did you see Hammerstone cause a little bit of a, a stir in the old uh, Twitterverse? No, what did I miss? I've been I following. Saw, him. What did he do? What yeah, do? he kind of shit on on not not all podcasts, but he kind of laid the hammer down on some podcasts that might not be as reputable as say I don't know the Shining Wizards. What a dick. He didn't. No, no. He, he was he right. Was, he was hundred percent right. He was 100% right. He did a fucking interview and they didn't do their research. Yeah. Oh, really? Do your fun. They were like, when do you think you win a title? When do you think you'll uh, you'll sign a contract? And he was like, I'm going to have a contract. I'm the fucking champion. Like, yeah. I'm the, I'm the what? The never open weight champion? That's what it is? Or no? The, no, national. See, now I, I look I thought, like a douche. I thought he was just putting out in the general Twitter verse to fucking to not to do podcasts. That, that's a different story. No, no, he did no, a no. Podcast and the people weren't fuck. They didn't do their fucking research. Shame Terrible. on them. Gives Terrible. a bad name to all podcasts, and we don't roll like that. We are. Fuck no. Yeah, and and he he still said he was very respectful in it too. By the way, he was still saying, "Listen, I respect you. Like I'll, I'll do. It's an exchange of services. I'll do your 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 show. I'm giving you a service because he said like maybe on." all platforms you may have like 300 followers over all your platforms so i'm doing you a service while you think you're doing me a service technically i'm kind of doing you the biggest service so and he's right he's 100 percent right yeah no i agree it's not even debatable and folks little 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 advice from your from your uncle tony here oh oh boy when you're doing a live show and your guest calls a week early don't tell them to call back next week interview them Pull your shit up and do the interview. Why do we have a guest? Yeah. Do we have a guest right now? That okay? No, 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 yeah. no. Let's Friendly say, advice that? that we learned a long that we we taught somebody a long time ago. Um, my here's anyway. My, here's wait. my here's my only problem with fusion. Okay, here we go. This is what I wanted to get to. Go ahead. Why is Laredo Kid still have the AAA championship belt with him? We got two different stories, Matt. Why does Apparently. his mask? Why does his mask look like he could like slice bread, like a or like bricks? Because that's what that's what Laredo means in Spanish, the bread slicer. Oh, uh, okay, that's what Laredo. <laughs> with, with all due respect to like, the Lucha, like like these masks are getting ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Um, well, you're so only he... look. It, I'm sorry, Tony, to cut you off, but in terms of masks, I mean, there's only so much you could do with a mask. You got to start getting fucking creative, right? Yeah, I mean, if you look back in the masks, like but, the sixties like and seventies, they all pretty much look the same. Oh, like a shark boy. It'd be like if the Red Rooster was a luchador. Yeah, but L.A. Park's got like a whole fucking like web over. Yeah, it. but that's that that, that that couldn't hurt anybody. Like I'm looking at like, like I guess it started with Li- like Liger had the horns. I guess like a Psychosis had that, but like this is like a legit like a Stegosaurus back on his head. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm sure it's designed so it folds if you like touch it. Oh, uh, maybe. I guess you're right. Usually, I have things that when you touch, they don't fold. 
It's too much. It's not at your too, age. It's too much starch there, buddy. You got to kick back on the starch in your T-shirts. Blue chew. <laughs> chew it and do it. Anyway, so, yeah, Laredo Kid at the beginning of the season lost a uh, title for title match against Leo Rush. So Leo Rush was a double champion for a while, but Leo Rush never carried around that AAA belt. And the argument that MLW put out during this episode was that Laredo Kid claimed that Leo Rush tapped out when he was going for the ropes. Just think of the King Mo shit against Loki a couple yeah. weeks ago. You get an idea what I'm talking about. So they tried to play that again. But Conan, who's involved still with AAA, put out word that allegedly Laredo Kid had a rematch for that title against Leo Rush and beat him in said rematch that didn't air anywhere. So long story short, they fucking just completely decided to ignore Leo Rush's title for title win. They even changed it on Wikipedia. And Kevin, when Wikipedia changes something, they ain't wrong. That was me. I changed it. So uh, smart man, you listen to Conan. Alicia too also announced. Oh, oh. A toot. Totally. A toot. Alicia Toot also announced that MLW will be <laughs> MLW will be doing an open draft starting next week on YouTube, where we will see who's competing in next season's uh, battle riot. She also uncovered that Joseph Samael does have control over the contract of who uh, Fatu defends the title against, except for. Uh, the battle riot winner. So look for Hammerstone to win the battle riot, and that's how he gets his title shot. So who do you think? Oh boy, drafting? this is so weird. Who what? Who do you think they're drafting? Well, I know like, they have a working relationship with Dragon Gate and a couple other companies. Uh, you think Shima finally comes back? If they can get here, Shima. They're in fucking like super lockdown again over there in New Japan because everyone from fucking New Japan Pro Wrestling has COVID. I know. We can get into that. Um, so was, there, was there any was there any fire to that smoke about the the NXT? I never clicked on an article, but wasn't NXT and MLW is that a thing or no? Uh, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. There was uh, no, I thought we brought it up, and I thought there was nothing official ever made though of it, right? Correct. All right, so two weeks later, then I guess it's nothing. Then I guess uh, Perch yeah. is going to call in momentarily, so I don't want to do the top ten unless you think you can fly through the top ten, Kevin. Oh, I'll fly through it, baby. It's heavyweight rankings. B- by the way, real quick, Myron Reed, uh, Leo yes. Rush, all that in a bag of chips. We've got a new MLW middleweight champion. The first so, ever yeah. two-time middleweight champion. First time first time two-time of any championship, I think, in MLW. Isn't that what they said? Yeah, but I, I think that's uh, right. No, they said it was his first. His first what? The first. But they ever. said they said it was they said it was the first time two-time middleweight champion, I think. But I could be wrong, too. No, All right, sure so let's go. Top 10, baby. I will start. Oh, never mind. No, we'll, we'll do that later. Yes, we will do that later. As Perch is clicking some buttons and pressing some things, and oh, he hears us. We don't hear him yet, but we he, he's got us. And, oh, my God, why? What's up, guys? What's up, Mr. Perch? Are you developing <laughs> uh, developing some film there in your green room? Yeah. You're in a door. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as fancy as your guys, but I do have about 80 pictures I'm hanging up and drying currently. So, you know, the, the airwaves definitely help the, the black room here. Well, that's good. I thought you had scurvy oh, for okay. a minute. 
I just thought we were fucking around. <laughs> no, we're safe. We're safe. Wait, can I give myself a fun background? No, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm not going to touch yeah, please anything. Please don't fuck it up. We have an interview to do. We're joined by uh, Perch at PerchXLV on the Twitter machine. He's a referee out in the Midwest. Milwaukee Tom speaks very highly of you. Uh, so we are excited to talk to you. Um, being a referee in the world of professional wrestling is not the easiest job. And some might say it's the most underappreciated job. How did you go uh, to getting into the wrestling business and then becoming a referee out of all things? Yeah, you know, a great question, especially when it comes to uh, to the role of a referee. Uh, not something that everyone you know picks up when they, they think about pro wrestling is, I want to be that guy. <laughs> um, but I set out, uh, just wanted to, to do what I can inside the pro wrestling business. And all I wanted to, to do was start out, you know, setting up and tearing down the ring. So I did uh, with a company called Brew City Wrestling here in Milwaukee and, um, and got linked up and started training and, uh, and found what role was going to work best for me. And, uh, and that was a referee. So i <laughs> uh, been smooth sailing ever since I hit the ground running and, uh, and have been training and, and hopping in cars uh, ever since for the past a little over three years now. Nice. So, so dive into a little bit about how people think that they can just go to like a school or something like that and like have this in mind. You still have like a certain role in, in mind. You still have to do like everything pretty much, right? Like you still have to go into the ring and run the rope. Or like that, like that, <laughs> talk a little bit about that myth. Yeah, no, that that's, um, Absolutely. Uh, it all entails uh, really every job of pro wrestling. I went in with the mind state of, I want to be a student in this business and I want to, you know, give my life to it. And that being said, I've got a long, long, long journey ahead. So <laughs> I want to learn absolutely everything. And that comes with uh, how does a show start? How does a show finish? Uh, it starts with uh, setting up the ring. Uh, getting there early, knowing what you have to do uh, between setting up the ring and getting chairs set up. Uh, every venue is a little bit different, but the more you can know, um, you know, the ring you're using or the the ship we're on for the day uh, or the stage we're setting, uh, the better. So, yeah, to learn to, to set up the ring, um, tear it down at the end of the night. And that comes with just about every single show. Um, so uh, knowing that responsibility and having that in the back of your mind, uh, you know, kind of gives you confidence to, to do the rest of the stuff. Uh, the rest of the stuff, meaning, well, you're you're going to learn to hit the ropes and take bumps and, <laughs> and learn to learn to take an ass kicking. <laughs> and uh, and no, it's uh, it's great. Uh, I, I couldn't ask for more. I train just the the same way as all the wrestlers. Um, I'm trained to to wrestle. I have in the past uh, just to to learn that aspect of my schooling, but. Um, but I like to know all the roles of the business to uh, to make myself as, as most valuable as I can on any given night. As a referee, uh, obviously you have your ear to the ground on what's going on in the ring. But who do you when you watch footage as a student of the business, who are you looking uh, to when you watch matches? Are you specifically searching out like Tommy Young, Earl Hebner, Dave Hebner, Mike Chioda? Uh, does the referee in the match matter to you when you go and watch film? Ooh, God, I, I love doing these things because I don't get questions like that on a daily basis. And I love it. <laughs> um, and no, I, 
I would say, yes, I do seek out um, yeah, different eras, different time zones, different, um, different time frames. Um, because being a student of pro wrestling, I'll watch it with many different hats, whether that's a, um, a young student in the game looking up to, to a veteran uh, or a referee looking to uh, take some tips and tricks of, of a fellow referee or uh, just a, a lover of pro wrestling enjoying a moment. Um, so when it comes to the referee job, uh, I love to get some inspiration from maybe 89 era WCW. Uh, a lot of good guys right in that time. Uh, and even WWF too. Uh, sometimes you'll get the, uh, the referee crew with uh, both Tommy Young and Dick Worley <laughs> on the same show. And, uh, and that's about as, as much inspiration and, uh, and stuff I get from, from researching. I love those guys in particular. So, um, you know, a Thursday night before a wrestling weekend, I'll be tapped into some 1989, 90 era <laughs> wrestling. Uh, but as well as, you know, the, the current scene and the current uh, independent professional wrestling scene, um, I'm watching all over. Uh, you know, our phones and, and computers are nice, like the modern day newspaper <laughs> to read the, the news and, and see what's going on in the world of, of professional wrestling. Um, so, yeah, the guys I'm studying here are uh, our guys over in GCW on the East Coast and, uh, and running shows all over. Uh, guys from the United Wrestling Network on the West Coast and all over uh, looking at the Ring of Honor guys um, and at uh, AEW as well. Uh, Paul Turner is a guy who I've looked up to for many years um, from, from his days of Ring of Honor. And then um, we got WWE for guys like John Cone and um, Jason Ayers. Uh, looking at those guys uh, controlling the crowd and the environment that they do is just unbelievable. So, yeah, I, I do pick uh, little things and, and really a lot of things from researching different referees from from different eras and in different times, different crowds, different environments. Are you, uh, so are you committed to, um, let's just say someone's, uh, someone's ding dong fell out of their trunks. a la uh, Nikita Koloff, uh, <laughs> and Tommy Young, uh, would you, uh, without he, the video is fantastic. Not just because, Nikita Koloff's wang falls out of his trunks. Tommy Young doesn't even, it's like another day at the office for Tommy Young. He's like, boop. He's like putting a piece of mail in the mailbox. Boop. It's good. It's over. We're moving on. <laughs> Has anything, have you ever been in the ring where you've had to do like something like crazy like that? <laughs> um, I can pay uh, pay tribute to, to Tommy Young and saying he was so in the moment. <laughs> like you said, it was just like putting the mail in the box. Just didn't, didn't recognize a thing. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, <laughs> um, I'm always aware it, it try to keep the, the senses heightened as much as possible for any moments like that, that, that could happen. Um, I can't say I've, I've had anything that <laughs> come out just like that, but, uh, but I do try to be on, on guard. And, and if something is said, uh, I'll, uh, I'll try and let someone know, or I, I look to be so in tune to that moment that, yeah, it is just like putting, <laughs> putting the old mail, mail in the mailbox. Um, yeah. So hasn't happened yet. I got to say, well, I guess that's a good thing. I guess as long as it doesn't have to happen, but always be on your guard. <laughs> yes. Yep. yes. Be on the Wang patrol. <laughs> Every once in a while, your straw gets pulled and uh, <laughs> you don't know what, what night it's going to be. 
Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't, I kind of would be like, hey, dude, you got to put that away. I don't know if I'm doing that. He was just so fucking professional about it. Like, he didn't even think about it. He just did it. And I don't know if I could do that. You know, I don't know if I could grab Tony's wang and just put it back in his drawers if we were, I don't know, Kevin. Kevin, that's not If I said Kevin, he would have fucking, like, thrown the mic out in the air. He would have like, not even happening. We're never wrestling ever again. No, I'd I'd probably punch him in the face for doing it, <laughs> for, let, for letting it happen. No, let me be there with my shame, Matt. Don't help me. <laughs> I'm not. Right. I'd be like, dude, your wang's hanging out. Put that shit away. Nope. I'd punch him in the head and walk away. <laughs> wow. Now, Perch, you've sure. done, you've, you've worked, you've do, you've refereed for Warriors Wrestling, uh, Ring of Honor, MLW, AEW. You've done tons, tons of stuff with tons of performers. I've never seen you referee a match of uh, Casador de Pumas, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, funny story about that. Um, we've been on the same shows together. Uh, you can see us at Brew City Wrestling sometimes in Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, that guy skipped town. I was all ready to, uh, to referee a match at a big pay-per-view for the guy. And, um, and he must've picked up his bags and, and left. That hasn't been seen since that Casador de Puma. Interesting. Now in English, that translates to Cougar Hunter. And that is not like the cat hunter. That's like, looking yeah, for definitely. Uh, uh, he said on his parting words that he will be back to, uh, to hunt some more cougars for sure. Isn't, isn't independent now with all due respect we're out here on the east coast we're in new jersey uh i don't know what the independent shows in the midwest look like but is that the best place to be looking for cougars oh yeah yeah i think uh <laughs> i think the uh the environment was was big time fairs and festivals in the wisconsin area uh nothing but good old-fashioned tailgating harley driving <laughs> beer drinking <laughs> you know good fashion well middle-aged women nice. lots of them <laughs> lots, of, lots of cheese curds oh yeah lots of cheese curds that's the best thing about the, the festivals is you know, finding the best best cheese curds in in each county tony cheese tony curds. you're over there corpses i'm me and my so uh, me and my wife do a baseball road trip i've been to milwaukee before for a baseball game uh but she's like we gotta go when there's the fairs because the fucking cheese curds and i am a slob and i'm all about some ball. What? What are you? Tony's corpsing over here. I'm all about some ballpark food, right? I love when I go to a baseball game. I got to get like that fucking thirty dollar. Like, it's two. It's two pizzas, and it's that's the bun. Oh, and there's a you need two pizzas, you slob. Yeah, when I went to Atlanta, the it was a burger, right? But the buns were pepperoni pizza. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Right. So cheese curds. Cheese curds are slamming. First of all. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. No joke. There's a food truck that comes around here that I do a bunch of stuff with, and they do cheese curds. They're good, but I hear Milwaukee cheese curds are the shit. So, and they're only you got to get them at the festival. I mean, I'm sure you can get them at like the cheese curd store, but the Milwaukee festivals. And hopefully, when I go, there's a wrestling. Maybe there's an outdoor wrestling event too, and, and Perch is there putting dicks in trunks. <laughs> it's mail in the mailbox, <laughs> and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> He's now, milf hunting with some cheese curds and a beer. That's it. That could be like a whole DVD. Yeah, he, he's like the, the milf hunter. Like, oh, we got some middle-aged women here. All you need is a fucking candle hat and some fosters. 
What a slob. Tony. I'm sorry you had to hear Matt's friggin' cuisine of the ballparks here. Two pizzas putting a bun on a burger? What's wrong with you? It's delicious. I'm going to text you a picture right now of it, Tony. Oh, my God. Uh, Perch, who's referee Jerry Gummo, and why does he look like he doesn't care about being a referee? <laughs> oh, Ref Jerry. <clears throat> well, Ref Jerry was the, uh, the first man to have ever handed me a piece of paper that said here's the 50 things you need to worry about being a referee so to me he's uh he's the obi-wan who handed me the lightsaber one day and uh, and said here it is and uh one day you'll you'll use it um so he was kind of my guy who, who showed me the way and uh and he's a referee here in milwaukee and oh my goodness you can tell by his headwear that he is a wild character <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, is he like, is he getting like too involved in matches? Like, do the faces like him, but the heels don't? Like, like, what's his story? You know, it, the best way I could amount to it is Ref Jair is the man around West Allis originally here, uh, Waukesha, uh, Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, he's a fan favorite. Uh, the crowd loves to to give him hell. <laughs> when when I first entered the business, there were. Uh, there were folks who had shirts that said, shut up Jerry on it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I came into the scene and, uh, and ref Jerry already kind of had his thing going. So he's someone who I, uh, <laughs> I love working back to back with him. We, uh, we worked a show over the weekend and, uh, and I got knocked out, took a shovel right to the, uh, <laughs> a shovel, took, took a shovel right to the, right to the, uh, the bread box <laughs> and in Wisconsin and uh and took me well Joey Jet Avalon is uh is a man about town and gotta watch out where he's bringing that shovel and uh and took one took one right to the pills took me out for a few minutes uh all of a sudden ref Jerry comes in tries to count the pin uh I I throw it off saying no pin this match is over disqualification uh, one thing leads to another I get my head kicked off oh man um, so here I was laying in the trenches um, and out of nowhere, I feel one more body come bloop, bloop, right down. <laughs> None other than good old ref Jer. <laughs> so he stood up for me. Yeah, but he put you in the middle of a dusty finish. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With him? yeah, he, he did. But uh, was, that on the, but, was that on the top 50 list? Make sure you screw over a fellow referee. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it was on there right next to, to be sexy. So I'm curious, I'm very curious when you get this list, uh, what, what are some of the important things? Like, what are the things that really stood out to you? Stuff that you put into practice pretty much all the time. Um, so there are a few things, uh, particular, one of them said, always hold your own and don't be afraid of the competitors in the ring. So that was one where I, I really took it, you know, to home meaning it doesn't matter. He doesn't know who I am. (laughs) Frankly, no one at that point has any idea who I am. Uh, that being said, you know, I could be a, a small, weak, intimidated guy, or I could, you know, think I, I can run the land. But uh, hearing some advice like that saying, hey, don't be afraid when you're in there. Hold your own. Uh, it's only going to make a difference in the long run. Uh, that was one in particular that I took with me because I didn't know if I should be afraid <laughs> or not. or <laughs> I didn't know what to feel. But it, it gave me some basis to understand, okay, it, it's, it's okay to, to feel this way. Is, is there a difference to how you approach refereeing a match between maybe two people who have only been in the business like a year as opposed to two people that have been like in it forever? Like, are you 
instructed to do different things? Like, how does that work for you? Yeah, no, and that's um, that's a good little, you know, in depth when it comes to styles and um, I guess the stories that people are looking to tell as well. Um, any given weekend, I may have two, three shows or, or anything, um, and it can vary between that what you just said uh, between one night working uh, a show this Saturday or this um, Friday in particular, uh, working a match with a guy like Leo Rush against Laredo Kid. Uh, two guys who are, are well experienced, uh, well versed. They've taken their their rivalry um, you know, throughout the, the countries. So, a couple of guys who understand what's going on. Um, and they have a pretty good idea of who the hell they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, they're going to, to put everything they can and their experience and knowledge into the next 15, 20 minutes or whatever we have. So I need to know who the hell I am in that instance. And uh, I make sure that I'm, I'm here to, to call this match right down the middle. Um, my strategy stays the same. However, um, say, Fast forward to uh, to the next night um, in Waukesha, uh, Bruce City Wrestling. Uh, there I am uh, reffing with uh, with some of the students uh, that I train yeah. with. So people with the the same level of, of you know time in as myself, and people I, I train with you know, three days a week, four days a week, um, and and working a match with those guys. And their goal may not be they've got all the experience in the world they can draw from. But what experience we do have, we're trying to make the most out of and find that person to help bring us up to that next level um, to, you know, continue to, to make good matches and, and contribute to the business. So, again, my role both nights is exactly the same to mm-hmm. call that match right down the middle. Um, but the better I can understand each competitor, whether it's one on one, two on two, uh, the better I can understand the individual themselves. Um, or the type of competitor, type of wrestler they are. Uh, when I look into their eyes in the match, I, I can tell, um, you know, a little bit more in tune uh, how this match is going to go from the referee standpoint. You threw out the phrase right down the middle. Do you do a Bill Alfonso impersonation? <laughs> well, Bill Alfonso is uh, a guy who I, I got some advice from at one time and was able to uh, uh, to pick his brain for a little bit. Oh, my and, God, I uh, thought that was it. I thought that was the impression. <laughs> you got this is what you gotta do, perch daddy. You gotta call it right down know, the middle, daddy. Right down the middle. <laughs> right down the middle, daddy. Yeah, I uh, I look up to him big time and especially the time and the era that he did it. Uh yeah, oh yeah, I let fans know. I'm here to call it right down the middle. Right down the middle. Will you be at the battle at the bar this Friday night for Bruce City Wrestling? Yeah, that's uh close to the hometown right here in um, close to Milwaukee. That's in Watertown. I will be there on Friday. I'm looking at the Bruce City Wrestling website right now. Um, I don't know what's more disturbing. Uh-oh. Stacy Shadows looks like she'll kill everybody, which is, I mean, <laughs> makes sense why she's the heavyweight champion. Yeah, but the this- Midwest Slayer. This, she looks like a problem. This demented Chucky Bates also looks like he is a real problem. And Heritage, I know he's the Heritage champion, but when I see him, I don't think Heritage. It's very uh, scary, this uh, this Chucky Bates guy. Also, what is the deal with porn stash Peter Schwanz? <laughs> the all-night highlight porn stash Peter Schwanz. Oh, he's the man. When he comes in, that club gets rocking. 
How is it? Uh, so obviously pandemic. Um, how is it to be back in front of a crowd? Oh man, it's uh, it's wonderful. The uh, the crowd atmosphere in pro wrestling goes, you know, hand in hand. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Um, because with pro wrestling, the the best thing is just like any sport or event, those who are working it love it. Those who are watching it love it. So uh, when you when you're able to have a crowd of of that many people, whether it's ten people because it's limited, or twenty people, or twenty five, now we're starting to get back in the hundreds of people. Um, what I see as being the biggest thing is the passion, the passion that the fans have, and the more fans you have, the more passion you have on any given night. So with having fans back, it just does the heart so good and gives that aided. I wouldn't even say you know, motivation, because the motivation is always there, but that aided incentive to give every fan that much more of a good time. Sidebar, have you ever had nachos with Nacho Clown? Ooh, you know, I don't think nachos, but I've certainly had tenders and fries with Nacho Clown. You can't, he can't be Nacho Clown, clown and not offer up a plate of delicious nachos. <laughs> do you guys do it different in the Midwest? Do you put cheese curds on your nachos? Ooh. No, I do put cheese curds on a Italian sausage, though, or a, or a brat. Yeah, brats and cheese works. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, the Vanguard. Good restaurant right in Milwaukee. Good, um, they're good for the boys after wrestling shows. Um, a cheddar cheese bratwurst with uh, cheese curds on top. Oh, God. <laughs> ask for the perch. We'll know what you mean. I think I've, I not, I've never heard of that before, but goddamn, I love it. I think I so just took my pants. So, uh, yes, yeah, so after a show, everybody goes down to the Vanguard. They load up on beer and brats and cheese curds. And then Sunday morning, everything is so delightful. Yes. Yes. Oh. Good God. Yes. And Sunday morning comes very early because they're partying until all hours of the night. <laughs> Been there, my friend. <laughs> so I know you do a lot of work in Milwaukee as a referee, and I know Turner Hall is probably on, on one of your favorite venues to work at. Do you have other venues in Milwaukee or outside uh, of the, the Midwest that you are uh, excited to work at when you see that come up on your sheet? Oh, yeah. Um, one of the coolest venues that I was made aware of once I joined wrestling was Logan Square. And, um, and Logan Square Auditorium was a very, very cool venue right in Chicago. That's where um, Freelance and AAW ran. Uh, Evolve Wrestling ran there when they came to town. Um, had a lot of good memories and moments inside that building with the big circle light above head. <laughs> Uh, that one's been out of commission since the pandemic. So I'm, I'm hoping they'll be back soon. Um, Turner Hall, you mentioned, oh, that is the best. It was blessed to play there um, a couple weekends ago uh, for Zello. And that was really fun. That's always got probably the most sentimental meaning for me. Seeing Ring of Honor there back in the day and, and being able to, to be on the inside now uh, of the ring looking out. It's a cool feeling. Uh, Summerfest was one of the coolest grounds we've ever played on. We played on a few stages there too, um, setting up the ring. And I've grown up going to Summerfest in Milwaukee every year of my life, really since my brother and I were, were little kids. So being able to perform at Summerfest is, is outrageous. 
Um, I'd say my biggest bucket list, the arena will come a long time down the road, but one day I want to make it to the Nassau Coliseum. Oh, the barn, the old barn, if you will. The old Nassau Coliseum. Why Nassau Coliseum? Why why Nassau and not MSG? Yeah, yeah, nothing against MSG. That will be wonderful. I mean, obviously, obviously. But to me, (laughs) I I would take Nassau Coliseum. Um, When when it comes to training and when it comes to working in a ring where there's nobody around, uh, we have to envision a crowd around us. At least I do. And, And in my mind, I'm always playing to the Nassau Coliseum. Um, going back to Monday Night Raw live from the Nassau Coliseum and um, a big Grateful Dead fan as well and the amount of shows and, and great performances Grateful Dead has had of the Nassau Coliseum. Um, just a lot of good history there that, that I would love to just walk in. I've never even seen it live. So I would love to, to walk up to that building and just feel the, the history and the aura and, and everything coming out of it. Well, I'll tell you what, if you've never been to the Nassau Coliseum, the stuff that's coming out of it is not, uh, <laughs> it's very Long Island-ish. I'll give it that, okay? Are they still I, running anything in Nassau? I thought they closed it. No, the Islanders play there, but They still play there, okay. Yes, sir. All right. I saw a oh, I would go to an Islanders game. If that's the if that's the way I would have to get into the Nassau Coliseum. Listen, ha- listen, half my favorite team plays for them now, so I'm a Devils fan. So they're they're all playing for the Islanders now. So, <laughs> this is I root for them in the playoffs. Have you guys had uh, had any memories from there? It, it, coincidentally, of all places, I'm talking to, to guys from the East Coast. Well, well, have- well, here's the thing, though: we're all Jersey people, and I don't think I don't think I've ever seen a wrestling show at Nassau. Matt is saying that he has I went Matt. to I went to a raw there and oh that's here I would have to grab the ticket stub to find out I don't remember anything about it except <laughs> that spaz from the Opie and Anthony show was like 10 rows in front of us and I just got drunk and threw shit at him all night <laughs> sounds about right I never heard this yeah. story that's hilarious so we're like we're like in northeast northeast Jersey so our growing up arena was the um uh, Meadowlands, the Brendan Byrne, or the Oh yeah, the Brendan Byrne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Brendan Byrne is going way back. If you even know that it was called the Brendan Byrne, then you're in our demographic. No, I did. Uh, <laughs> it's really old. Yeah. So, uh, so that was our arena, and then MSG, of course. Once I got, once we got started getting older, and we could be, take the train, because like literally the train drops you off right off underneath MSG. I don't know if you've ever been. Yeah, Penn- that's what I've heard. The yeah, station's right under the building. And we're all in an area where there's a train station that can have a direct line right there. So no matter what we do, like it'll take me 20 minutes to get to Penn. So I was at like, I was at WrestleMania 20. I was at Royal Rumble. Uh, uh, oh God, uh, what was it? 90, oh, no, 2000 when like the Hardys and the Dudleys and Cactus Jack Triple H, I was at that. I was, wow. Because well, it's so close. It literally drops you off right there. So unbelievable. That's so cool. What a venue to have right there too, to, to call home. Yeah, and yeah. I was actually almost going to go to Hofstra university. I went out and visited Hofstra and Nassau was right there. Like you see it like coming on the LIE, uh, LIE. It's uh, it's crazy. Never got the experience the Nassau Coliseum though, but that's crazy that that's the one that you picked. That's wild. Yeah. That one's always, always in my mind. And people always ask why. And 
I tell them <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of a lot of rich history from from there in my mind at least and growing up it was always a cool one <laughs> part of wrestlemania too it wasn't the bunkhouse stampede there from uh the old jim crockett nwa days possible i think that sounds right yes bunkhouse, Bunk, stampede, bunkhouse stampede was there in uh 88 SummerSlam was there 2002 great american bash 2008 fatal four-way 2010 evolution hey part of a lot of it too and a lot of nitros too let's not forget that this is like the only place wcw could run up here like maybe connecticut or new jersey was uh in 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 nassau coliseum they couldn't run the meadowlands they couldn't run msg so that was pretty wild too that they were up there too wrestlemania 2 they got piper and mr t in a boxing match main event all right, I went and got I went and got my book here. I just gotta find. Oh, here my we go. Stuff. Grandpa Moses over here with his book of history and facts. I just thought you went to pee. I thought he was. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. No, I got my photo album here, and it's got all my ticket stubs in it. So we're gonna have to filibuster while you look for. Oh God, forbid! It was so hard to talk about wrestling on a wrestling podcast with our guest, uh, Mister Perch here. This is the pizza burger that Matt ordered. This is what a slob my friend is. So gross. It was Monday, May eighth. Perch. Well, okay. Wait, wait, Matt's got the facts. Wait, hold on. I, well, let me let me. Can I talk? I'll talk to Perch for a second. I got a question for Perch while you figure out the card of the show that you went. I to. found it already. Uh, all right, it. then go for it. Wow, this is pretty remarkable. Christian and Edge defeated the APA to retain their WWF Tag Team Championship. Kurt Angle defeated, or excuse me, Chris Jericho defeated Kurt Angle to retain his IC Championship. Eddie Guerrero beat the Godfather. The Dudley Boys defeated D- Gerald Briscoe and TNA in a three-on-two <laughs> handicap match. What? That's about How right. That even happen. Uh, Chris Jericho defeated the Big Show by countout to Whoa. retain. Wait, Chris Jericho wrestled twice? He wrestled three times. <sighs> uh, Too Cool defeated uh, Bo Buchanan and the Big Boss Man. <laughs> uh, the Hardy Boys defeated Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn. Uh, Rakishi defeated Pat Patterson, the Road Dog, and X Pac. How is Pat Patterson in a fa- wait? Is that a Fatal Four Way? Was no, that a three? It was a three on one handicap match. Jesus! And Chris really? Ben Chris Benoit defeated Chris Jericho to win the IC Championship with Triple H as a special guest enforcer. Ooh, what a banger of a card! I'm gonna go back and watch that May eighth. What year, Matt? Two thousand. I'm gonna go back and watch that, baby. God, I don't even remember that. I want to forget that you just read that to well, me. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense that you had both <laughs> Patterson and Briscoe in separate matches that were like weird multi-man like handicap but matches. Gerald Briscoe teamed up with Test and Albert. Like, where does that come from? TNA, TNA, and Briscoe. Oh, gross. My guess is uh, Patterson took the stink face. Oh, hundred percent. Hey, back it up. Put it over here. Give me the stink. We're talking with uh, 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 Perch at Perch XLV. Uh, also would be 45 if we were going by the Roman numeral numbers. What's the XLV stand for? <laughs> so I'm, I'm new to social media, and I had to make some name that, that I would have to see for the rest of my life. Um, so I, I made sure there was a Packer reference in there. And uh-huh. uh, in the most recent Super Bowl, the Pack one was uh, Super Bowl XLV. So, so you're on – God. So I, I don't I don't even want to get into the whole Aaron Rodgers thing with you. Uh, we we won't. Um, but so have you worked for any other companies? Have you worked for ACW at all? 
Yeah, uh, ACW up in Oshkosh with uh, with Swaggle. <laughs> yep, uh, that's a promotion I work for regularly. Oh, cool. That's awesome. So uh, were you at that at that last show this past, what was it, a couple weeks ago or no? Oh, yeah, they uh, they're, they're big show of the year. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the big Kevin Nash was there, like yeah, was there, ACW the WrestleCon. And, uh, How was that for you guys? Oh, that was wild. Uh, speaking of having the crowd back, that was the first time that I saw, uh, you know, in a long time, seeing vendors again, uh, you know, shirt guys there, uh, action figure guys there. Uh, you know, when the window and siding guy sets up a booth, you know, it's got to be a good party. <laughs> Wait, it's a good uh, house. So I've heard, Matt, I, Matt, I think I know where you're going. I think I've, I think Matt's been to a show where there were gun vendors. Or <laughs> Matt, 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 Matt's been to a show, but there's been shows where there's been gun vendors. So yeah. windows, windows and sidings, I've never heard of. That's yeah. why it's it's just because there's so many vendors. There's there's you know whole lines of them. There's someone who knows someone who who got their pal in to yeah. show their their day job work. Yeah, let me get my <laughs> roofing stuff in here. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. I think it was some gutter guard or something. Uh, no, but it was great. Uh, just seeing all that stuff. I love checking out the vendor stuff too. Just seeing the, the toys that I saw as a kid that I had uh, ones that, you know, you have to go to a, a convention to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it just always gives me a, a refueled passion for it. Um, and then the night itself was, was unbelievable. Very fun. Nice. I'm going to, I'm going to make this weird. <clears throat> because that's like it hasn't it, been weird enough. That's how I roll. I gotta, I gotta ask. I don't know if you were listening earlier, Perch, but I'm a big murder guy. I'm into the murder, and you're out there in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin. How close are you to the Stephen Avery junkyard? Oh, I think that's way out there. All right, I wasn't sure. I don't know when you sent. Me, so you, I put your T-shirt in the mail today. When you sent me oh, your, your much love. zip code in the town, I thought you were. It was a joke. <laughs> yeah that makes sense because I, uh, I had to google the town to make sure it was right <laughs> you'll find a nice lovely place beautiful yeah. for a nice sunday walk or a or a nice drive about the town <laughs> <laughs> well, i instantly thought of wayne's world and it was like milwaukee yeah yeah the good land <laughs> just can't get over the fact that he's green and like black on our screen like that like i'm like, this is like the weirdest thing. I, this is probably the weirdest scenario interview I've ever seen in my life, but I love it. <laughs> I heard uh, I heard you once dressed up as Dory Funk Jr. for a battle royal. Oh, that's certainly true. Um, yeah, we uh, we have a Halloween battle royale uh, at BCW. And um, in one year, I decided I want to go as one of my favorite duos of all time, uh, the brother team of Terry and Dory Funk. Um, so I figured, well, I really love Terry Funk. I'm going to be Dory Funk just in case Terry happens to show up. I wanted to give him the option to, to be my partner. But and not that Terry had any plans of showing up. But, you know, as, as wrestling fans as we are, I, we always leave the leave the door open. So I chose to be Dory Funk Jr. and uh, and donned the, the trunks and boots. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it was uh, it was a wild time. I was greeted by a handful of family and friends that I didn't know were, were going to be there, but was just as thrilled to see them as they were just as surprised to see what I was wearing. Uh... Did you show up with your whip like he did at NWA 70 and give people lessons? 
Look, I love me some Dory Funk, a legend in the business. But when they're dragging him out and they're like, "Hey, can you can you do some whip stuff?" I was like, "Oh, come on." <laughs> Let the guy talk wrestling. He doesn't need to show us his whipping skills, for God's sakes. <laughs> Poor fellow. Mm-hmm. What is the uh, what is the goal for you, Perch? Obviously, is it WWE? Is it NXT? Is it AEW? Is it the NWA? Is it to make a living off of uh, being a professional wrestling or being involved in professional wrestling and not having to have a day job? What is what is Perch's goal? <clears throat> yeah, so um, you know, coming into the business. I want to um, help contribute and learn as much as I can to make the business, you know, better in any way I can. That being said, giving myself to it, I want to give my life to the business and uh, and make a career out of it. So um, I'm going to keep playing my cards the best I can. I continue to learn, continue to grow, uh, take it from the eyes of a student, and uh, and continue to to work as many companies as I can over time. And one day, uh, maybe be offered a, a deal or a contract where I can make some uh, livable money off of doing what I love, which is my passion, and that's pro wrestling. So, yeah, just a very, very, very long-term game, and I don't know what the end result will be, but I want to end up making a career inside the professional wrestling business. Well, Parch, I think you have a very good shot at doing that. Uh, we've seen your work we think you are a very talented referee. And if you got to put the mail in the mailbox, you will. So, look, I think that goes without saying in this day and age, you know, people want it. But do they want it if that happens? I think that was number 22 on the list. You better go back and check that list of 50. Yeah, it was on there somewhere. It, it was. It was. <laughs> all right. That guy's all right. Gummo's all right. He's a good guy. <laughs> Well, Perch, it's been an absolute delight to talk to you tonight at Perch XLV. Make sure you're following him. If you see him out there in the Midwest, uh, 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 beer. No, not beer city. Uh, Beer brew. No, brew city wrestling. There we go. Uh, if you see him at a brew city wrestling, you see him at AAW, uh, warriors of wrestling out there, warrior wrestling out there. Make sure you say hello to him. Uh, he's off the big things. Uh, I've heard, that there's some people who think you'll be uh, you'll be gracing uh, national television sooner than later, and we hope Ooh. nothing but the best for you, uh, Mr. Perch. Anything you want to leave with your fans before we let you go and finish uh, developing all your photos? Yeah, <laughs> they're, right? they're drying up here. That's they're, what you're doing, right? Close. You're developing photos, film. Oh yeah, yep. Um, <laughs> I, I like to follow in the footsteps of my best friends and. Uh, the photographers like three count and brain buster and mouse and basil and, and all those great midwestern photographers <laughs> matt tucker another good guy um love the photographers look at all wrestling photography that's my that's my message to everybody is celebrate pro wrestling watch wrestling enjoy the photography and the stories that come along with it um, wrestling's been around forever and it's going to be around long after us we're just lucky enough to, to enjoy it and play our part that we can right now. Um, take as many pictures as you can. Uh, enjoy the moment as much as you can. Uh, it's not about always having the phone up to catch a video, but if you can catch a few pictures after the show, you'll have just as much sentimental meaning with it along the way. Nice. Well said. 
Perch, thank you again. It's an absolute pleasure. We'd love to get you back on once the world starts to open up again and you get out there and you get to referee more matches and have more uh, wonderful experiences. And, and the positive energy that you bring is, uh, is, is awesome. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us tonight. Oh, guys, I can't thank you enough for having me. This was an absolute pleasure. And any time, I would love to. We're going to have you back on, Perch, and your T-shirt's in the mail, so we expect a nice uh, nice social media picture of you, Perch, with the guns out. Sun's out, guns out, baby. Yeah, we'll put up the pipe cleaners for you guys. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Perch, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your night, friend. Oh, much <laughs> love, guys. Much love. And send the Nassau, my love, when you see it next. <laughs> Thanks, Perch. Have a great night, buddy. Easy, buddy. All right, Mr. Perch X X L V on the Twitter machine. Make sure you're following him. As he as he disappears into the greenness. XLV right, 45. So, so he was really actually in a, he was actually really developing photos at that yes. point. Oh yeah, hundred percent. No, okay. All right. All right um, that's awesome. That's really cool, actually. Can I can I give you guys a quick um, this and that? I'm in queue. I'm in my third standby right now for Monday Night Raw. If you're watching us on Facebook, you may want to put on some Raw to see if you could see this ugly mug with my fake news Tony T-shirt popping into the Thunderdome. Let's try clicking again. I'm afraid I've got some fake news. Nope, back on standby. It's going to be another three minutes. So wait, Tony, is in fact your appearance on the Thunderdome fake news? Oh, no, Kevin. This is the real deal, Holyfield. Hmm. As long as I get it. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> All right. I think I'm ready. Um, Matt, um, it's already after It's oh, after God. about that time. Do you want to do Patreons real quick? Then we'll give Kevin the top 10. Yeah. I know. You want to get, I'll give Kevin the top 10 first while you get the Patreons ready. Or I got the Patreons ready right here. I got to pee, too, and I got to grab one more drink. Oh, okay. All right, then go pee. I'll play top 10 with Kevin. All right, I'll be right back, y'all. And then Kevin can go pee when you come no, back and do the other. I already peed. I had to. I had to. Yeah, right, so I'm, so I'm already good. I'm good for the for the remainder. Awesome. So now that Matt's gone, let me pull up the ML the MLW Fusion. Let me get my list. God. Okay, Kevin. This week's top ten saw a few changes. I don't know exactly who changed, to be honest with you, but we do have a few entries and a few people left. So whenever you're ready. All right. So let's start this week. Let's start with, I mean, we can't, obviously the only one that's not on it is Fatu, right? Because he's the champ. Fatu is never on it. Fatu right, is so cool. why don't I start with my main, my main man, Richard Holiday? Richard Holiday is at number five. Why don't I start with my main man, Leo Rush? Leo Rush is number three. Why don't I start with my main man, Myron Reed? Myron Reed is number seven. Why don't I start with my main man? Oh, man, I'm at a main man. Um <laughs> Uh, 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 Von Eric, Russ Von Eric, or the other Von Eric. Ross Von Eric actually cracks the top ten this week at number nine because he had a big win against Dominic Carini uh, two weeks ago. And he he's not, and is he the one that got hurt? He's no, that's Marshall. Marshall. That's Marshall. Oh, oh, God, God, yeah, I'm Marshall so lost sure. his match to uh, Filthy Tom last. This, week. this is why Hammerstone hates podcasts. Oh, what about Hammerstone? Hammerstone number one. Uh, so what am I missing? You're missing two, four. Six, eight, and ten. Oh, all right. So there's still a lot left here. <laughs> um, five for five, though. You haven't missed one yet. Uh, none of the hard. Is Pillman still there? 
No, Pillman's not there. Davey Boy Smith Jr. is not there. Teddy Hart for sure. What about Rocky Romero? Rocky Romero cracks the top 10 this week at number 10. Good call. Kev, you're six for six. Only because I saw him in like a clip. I'm impressed. Um, He was in that clip because I think he beat Hijo de LA Park. He beat. Oh, what about Laredo Kid? Laredo Kid is not in the top 10. All right. Uh, so that was my first miss there. That's all right, dude. You nailed six in a row. That's pretty a, impressive. Um, God, uh, Jordan Kurt Oliver. Oliver? No, Jordan Oliver's not a ten. Yeah, a couple wasn't was pretty obvious. In there last time either, I guess. Am I missing anyone super obvious? Yes. Oh, oh, t- uh, uh, Lawler. Tom, Tom Lawler? Lawler is number two. Yes. Um, anyone one else? In his... you, one of these you might be able to get. The other two are tough. King Mo, King Mo, definitely not in the top ten. Uh, is anyone else in t- in in Team Filthy? No, they're, they're, I think Violence is Forever is more tag team now. Although they haven't done a tag team top ten in a while. Is it... <sighs> All right, I think I'm. I think I might have to tap here. Um, number four, you're probably not going to get. You never get him. Funky Cold Medina. No, Gino Medina not in the top ten. He's not. I think he's been on a bit of a no. He beat some jobber a couple weeks ago. But he's what done. about uh, what about Guy Fieri? Guy Fieri, the guy that always wore like the the Vinny something maybe. No, Vinny something. No, Vinny something is not in the top ten. Who was in? T- he always wore like the the Brazilian jiu jitsu stuff. That's Dominic. Well, like the fucking That's yeah, Garini. Not- I'm three. No, no, he's Team Filthy. He's Violence is Forever with uh, Kevin Koo. They are not in the top 10. ACH? No, ACH is not. I'll give you these other ones. These are tough. I give the them to me. Just let, let it ride. Number four is always tough. I always forget him. Mads Kruger. I don't even know why he's still in the top 10 because he has. Oh, God. I love Mads Kruger too. Number Former guest of the show. Number six was Mil Muertes. He's the one I thought you might have gotten. And I'm not sure if you'd get number eight, but no. he's been around quite a bit lately. Calvin Tankman. Oh, big! Oh, I would I would have got Tankman if I, but the, yeah, I, I I probably wouldn't have got Muertes, even though what's his name Cuerto is back towards the end. Yes, that they're was milking that Lucha Underground thing, baby. They're milking Dario Cueto, and they do they kidnapped uh, Selena. I mean, we can only that. assume that's Selena, right? Oh no, it was her because they put up some video where she escaped, like she ran out. And there was a helicopter waiting for her. And her and that weird guy that's always been around pushing the cameras down, yeah. he was there when she got on the helicopter to escape. So I don't know. There's going to be something going on with those two. Yeah, this might not age well, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird, right? Where she was like screaming and stuff. Yeah, this might not be great. I get it. If they're trying to go that Lucha Underground. Listen, it's a smart move by MLW if they want to kind of merge like the Lucha Underground style and MLW style. But until you actually do it, yeah, it wasn't a great look. It, it really wasn't like with the with kidnapping her with the bag on her head. And yeah, she... <laughs> it was. It was almost. Yeah, it was just. It was just really creepy. It was cre- I mean, it, it creeped me out. Oh God, Matt, were you creeped out by Selena's kidnapping and screaming? Yeah, it was a little weird. Um, I also, uh, I'm curious to see how this plays out. Um. And what this, you know, this uh, Dario Cueto, 
uh, Aztec underground thing, especially because we know uh, how many people got burned by Lucha underground in terms of the contracts and stuff. What, you know, like Marty the Moth is working on Dark um, under his real name. Uh, I don't think you're going to see anyone else. Well, I think all those contracts were tied into El Rey Network, weren't they? Or were, or were they not? I'd, I'd have Didn't to El Rey originally own everything that came out of Lucha Underground? Yeah, I think so. So then that's all El Rey's problem. It's not necessarily like this Lucha Azteca stuff. Well, that's a good thing then. So it'll be interesting that's to see what uh, what MLW does with that. That'll be uh, cool because there's a lot of really sharp characters that were in uh, Lucha Underground. A lot of them have moved on, though. King Quer. King Cuerno is Escobar, right? Brian so he, Cage was there, wasn't he? And 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 uh, Mad Dog was there, and Angelico, yeah. And they've all kind of moved on, right? Look, they don't need a ton of people. They only need about maybe ten, maybe. And they don't necessarily need the same people. Yeah, like the L.A. Parks and all them are, and Mil Muertes are already involved. So maybe they got some guys coming up from AAA, and they just throw them in there. Sure. I mean, but you would like to have. Oh, for sure. Like, I know Daga is still around. Uh, I don't know what, uh, you know, Cobra Moon was Thunder Rosa. She's not available. Uh, Jeremiah Snake was Sammy Callahan. Jake Strong was Hager. Uh, Pentagon Dark is Pentagon. Prince Puma was Ricochet. The Mac is Willie Mac. Oh, with not knowing enough about the story, this to me, like if I'm just watching MLW for the first time, I don't necessarily need those people. Like with this draft, maybe they're bringing other people that could make it a whole new beginning as opposed to, I mean, it'll have the Lucha Underground feel, but you could easily just do something completely new and different. That's a great point. With, with talent wise. Guys, I'm in the Thunderdome. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, kick his ass. Are you allowed to say ass? All right. I don't know. Woo! Yeah, no, it's Seamus. Boo! Wait, I gotta, I gotta show you what this guy. I gotta show you what this looks like. Hey, you gotta wait for Johnny Ace to tell you what to do. This is what it looks like, by the way. Boo! Oh, they're going to commercial. All right. <laughs> they're in commercial. They, they picked a great time to put you on. Like Tony's here, go to commercial. Cut, 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 cut. Yeah, they're, 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 we're in commercial, I guess. All right. Because... Are we going to lose you now that you're in commercial? No, 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 keep going. We're in commercial. We're good. All right. Well, let's take a minute while you're uh, fucking around with your Thunderdome to thank those that support us over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you can support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. I would venture to say your best value is three dollars a month uh less than a cup of coffee from starbucks and you can support the shining wizard wrestling podcast and that'll get you four four bonus episodes of the shining wizard wrestling podcast this month we did a uh, profile on bad news brown we did the inside the ropes crossword puzzle which is a hysterical listen as i read the clues to kevin and tony and we try and figure out what the fuck we're doing it's great uh tony did a watch along to what was your watch along to Cyberslam. Uh, Cyberslam 96, the uh, tag team That's match. That's right. It's the, the tag team dog collar match. And we will be doing a profile piece on Fall Brawl 1995 in the coming days, which will be available for you. And you get all that for the low, low price of $3 a month. So if you want to support the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast, you like what you're hearing, 
please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast. At this time, we're going to thank those that support us. We're going to start with Brendan Henny. Heaney. Heaney. Brendan Heaney. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. Uh, Roll. Uh, Braden Bergen, the LeBron James of Intel Elite Figure Collecting. The Bergman. Matthew Birch over there at TruePrinceOfPro.com or TruePrinceOfPro on the Twitter machine. Ref Birch. Uh, David Henry Bauer III is pal Antonio Hosserman makes experimental music at HarvestmanRecords.Bandcamp.com. Michael Hammond, Thomas Cops, the Mott Spock, Jay Cop, the Big Cop of Pump from the Turnbuckle Throwbacks, the only thing worth listening to on that god-awful fucking show. Kenny Hossey, Mr. Scotch Drinks More himself. Uh, Mark Parloni. Happy birthday, Mark. Christine Friesendorf. Matt Mellinger. Matt Garifo, no relationship to the KJG. Catherine, What's up with that? Catherine Hensler over at ondeckic.com, also part of the Mark Order podcast, also part of Pick a Vinyl podcast, also part of What's Good with KG podcast. She's a podcast strumpet. Uh, Brett Simonello. What do you hear? What do you say? Uh, Ryan Schlong. Sean Calejo. Sean Toe. Ryan Arthur. Ryan Arthur. Author, author. what's asshole. wrong with you? Ryan Arthur, Ryan Arthur over at elementary.com, your local brewery here in Hackensack, New Jersey. Support elementary if you can at elementary.com. Anthony and Danny Rusinello, the AOP of the SWP. Manny Crazzo, the king of the Shining Wizards, flanked by his queen, Kathy Hummer. And last but certainly not least, Mr. William Mercier Jr. Lives are going to be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. This is the longest I've been in, and, like, they're keeping me on. They're in another commercial. For some reason, they're doing short commercials tonight. This is really weird. Try to yell Shining Wizards. They're not going to hear it. They'll throw me out, probably. All right. Uh, So Tony's got the volume up over there. He's distracted. No, no, I'm good. I'm paying attention. I call my what do you hear, what do you say, and happy birthdays. I'm in. Okay, okay, okay. Tony, did you, uh, excuse me, Tony. Jesus, Kevin. Tony. That's me. Yes, Kevin. Impact Wrestling. We are. What? Are, this is the go home to. Or no, I'm sorry. This weekend is under siege, so we have one more episode Thursday night. Uh, but you were on the Twitter machine today. You were over the moon with ELP and VSK. Um, let's Boys. talk about it. I mean, just VSK. We, we, I mean, Tony, you can say Tony's followed VSK for a long time and, and the Northeast independent, New York, New Jersey independence guy has been under the radar for a long time. Finally getting his shot. He's been on AEW dark for the last few weeks. And then like, I couldn't like, I was like, Oh my God, like VSK is on impact. Like, like how is this pot? And then I see who they put him in with. I'm like, ah, oh, this makes sense. Really cool. Dude. Cosmo is just like, Really yeah, cool dude, super talented. Kevin's 100% right. VSK's the man. Yeah. I mean, his from his tag team days to just literally now he's he's finally getting his chance in AEW and in Impact now making his debut and you couldn't have put him you couldn't have put El Fantasmo in with a better performer than than VSK. Dude, match was like off the charts good and I couldn't I mean, Matt, you know more about El Fantasmo than me. I uh, considered one of the like the hey, fucking you know who he reminds me of and i don't know if this is by design or not x-pac oh or okay six. 
like coming out like he does like the this and that like that like 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 has the hood like this and like he has like that attitude like that like no f's given attitude of six or x pac and dude the match was so great obviously we vsk got an entrance which was huge um but uh obviously obviously phantasma went over great match and that wasn't that now phantasma is going to be in a, a six-way i believe next week to determine the challenger to josh alexander at the pay-per-view which i think also includes ace romero tjp pd williams um probably gonna forget somebody but anyway great match uh my boy Brian Myers got his head knocked in by Black Horus, Horus Hogan, because Brian Myers was complaining and, and Rosemary tried to get him involved in some finagly tarot card tricks and then Brian Myers wasn't having it. And then Black Horus <laughs> nailed him with the most vicious headbutt I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you got the final three match, uh, spots in the uh, the main event. Uh, for under siege, which is the five, no, that's a six way. So that uh, Moose obviously beat James Storm. You had Trey Miguel defeats. Um, help me out, Matt. Rohit. Trey Miguel beats Rohit. Rohit. Oh God, that 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 made me upset. And uh, anyway, you had the, the the field is set now. Uh, so I'm looking forward to Under Siege. I will be watching that live 100%. And you're, uh, oh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Tony. First, just the, your, your yeah. participants in the scramble for the for the X Division, I think the only guy you missed was also Rohit. Oh, and Ace Austin, I think I didn't say either. Okay, yeah, he- Ace Austin, PD Williams, AC Romero, Rohit, TJP, and ELP will be on a scramble match this Thursday on Impact. The winner will face Josh Alexander at uh, Under Siege. That's right. Yeah, is I was, was binge watching, boys. Is 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 Kenny Omega walking around with the TNA Championship yet or no? Yes. Oh, okay. So that's still a thing. So like, well, technically Nakazawa is walking around with it, but oh, he gave the Nakazawa really? <laughs> no, no. But on AEW, Kenny Omega just had the belt, and Nakazawa was walking around with all the other belts on him. Right, Matt? Correct. Okay, I didn't know if it was still a thing or not because I didn't. I didn't know if he was still carrying it around. He's carrying it around. He has the Impact World Championship, the TNA World Championship, and the AAA Championship. And uh, Michael Nakazawa carries all three of them. So, but does TNA does Impact still consider that as a separate championship, or their their two became one since he unified with Moose, and that was it? Separate. Okay. I think it's. I think it's only for the sake of this now i think they were going to split the brands pre-covid but now i think it's to keep to keep it relevant for now i think it's just belt collector let's try to make belts seem more important than they are gotcha well and it helps he's got extra hardware to carry around too it's kind of you know the aesthetics of of it of course so this is what your under siege is shaping up to look like right now kenny omega and the good brothers take on eddie edwards and finn juice Kevin mentioned our six-way number one contender match. The winner gets a shot at Slammiversary. It's Moose, Chris Sabin, Trey Miguel, Sammy Callahan, Chris Bay, and Matt Cardona. Deanna Parazu will face the winner of a women's... Um, I think they're doing a women's 
Uh, what the fuck? In one, Rosemary versus Havoc. No, it's wait for so the Rosemary. Belts? Rosemary versus Havoc. The winner yes. will face Diana Perazu at Under Siege. That's right. Uh, your X Division champion Josh Alexander will face the winner of the scramble match Thursday night. Uh, Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace uh, will be defending their women's tag titles against Fire and Flavor. Uh, as Kevin mentioned before, Brian Myers takes on Black Taurus. And Black Taurus Hogan. Uh, w. Morrissey will be taking on Willie Mack. Dude, they've done a great job with him. He, they did a great promo with him on Impact. Uh, he's going to be great. And I always thought that he had it in him. He just got, he had to get his head right, and he got it right, hopefully. Dude, the guy's he'll find his way back for sure. Uh, so that's this weekend. Under Siege is Saturday. WrestleMania Backlash is Sunday, and we have some picks to make this weekend, boys. Oh, uh, really? But, oh, really? But, Kevin, you said you watched Ring of Honor, too. I did, buddy. Uh, when was the last time you sat down and watched the Ring of Honor TV show? Probably. I don't know. Not not that not as, as dramatic as you it would seem. Maybe like a month ago. All right. All right. What did you think of the show? I liked it. I, I, I... I mean, I like the I, the to start off with that big tag match was great. Then to end with the women's match was fine. You had all this, uh, the st- the stuff in the middle where you had, um, and, and first of all, Ian Riccoboni is the best, and so is Caprice Coleman, by far, like the best commentary team in wrestling. Actually, Tony, who does the MLW commentary? Because I really like them too. Oh, who's the new guy, Matt? Saint Laurent is the guy that does the uh, the color. Uh, yeah, who does the play by play? What the hell's his name? Oh, fuck, he was a boxing guy, right? Yeah. Whatever. No matter. I mean, I, I'd like to give him credit, but if I don't know him, I'm not going to waste time. It. They were great. I thought they were really good. Um. The only <sighs> Quinn McKay's wrestling debut, right? Eight yeah. In air quotes. Yes. I don't know if I like the way that ended. With her losing. With her losing, and with. Her getting like, I guess the whole point is that it's her first match, so she could get suckered into Mandy, whatever's thing. But there was a point where, like, I felt like Angelina's Angelina Loves like was like dead to rights, and the ref didn't like do anything, like didn't like raise the arm or didn't do anything like that to like call the match, and they were just waiting because like the ref was as distracted as Quinn McKay. So like I was like, all right, come, on. I mean like. There's still a match just because she's distracted doesn't mean you have to be distracted. But then, like, the replays came on. It, it wasn't as long as I thought it was in real time. So I watched it a couple times back. But uh, listen, man. Oh, in, in the, the EC3 Briscoes thing with uh, Mark hitting with the chain. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not 100% up to date on what the stories are, but I liked it. All right, I'll give you. First of all, the guy we're looking for, Kev. Uh, Tony Ray Flores is the play-by-play by guy from MLW That's with Saint Lorraine. I think I think uh, like Matt said a couple weeks ago when he first debuted. I think it's a big step up for them having these two in the booth. I think they do a great job on MLW, one hundred percent. Oh, I listen. I loved it. That sounded like a wrestling commentary team. Just uh, a quick update. I had a connection issue, but I can get back in queue. But I think I've had enough of the Thunderdome tonight. Oh, Thunderdome! No, it's not over. that. It's just that I'm I'm on. It's like I guess I'm locked in where they kind of like what they see, and why wouldn't they? <laughs> but, like, I don't want to fucking sit here playing with this thing for another hour. Yeah, can you just keep it on? I mean, I can, but if they see I'm not paying attention to it, they might cut me off. So, and like, I don't want to 
fucking keep looking. They're really paying attention to thousands of people like that. Sure, yeah, you got to see who's you this. engaged. The, yeah, the first two nights they threw me out like in like a minute or two, but tonight for some reason they're keeping me on a lot. I guess because I'm not in my pajamas and I actually look like I'm sitting somewhere like paying attention to it. But dude, it, this is fucking like if I was sitting here with nothing else to do, I'd fucking sit here. But nah, man. Oh, and it was Flip Gordon. It was Flip Gordon that hit Mark Briscoe with the chain, which was Jay Briscoe's chain, right? The chain belonged to Jay Briscoe. Yes. Yeah, and he and he hit Mark Briscoe with it. Then EC3 hit his finish, and uh, and got that. And then there was and the, what? Wait, why does EC3 ignore Flip? Okay, so Flip is the mercenary. So right. prior to the 19th anniversary show, EC3 paid Flip to interfere in right. the Briscoe's matches. Now, EC3 has gained the respect of, De- of Jay Briscoe, so they are on the same page in terms of he respects what they do. Oh. He does not respect what Flip does, taking money to do, uh, to do dirty deeds and being a so scoundrel our- in the ring. Are Mark and Jay on the same page? Mark and Jay are back on the same page, yes. After the 500th episode uh, where they hashed everything out, they're back on the same page. All right, so Mark and Jay respect EC3, but do not respect Flip. Right, because Flip's a little shit. He's a cheating son of a bitch. Yes. Well, that was a bit aggressive, Tony, but yes. Flip, let's put it this way. Flip would only put your dingleberries back away if you paid him to do it otherwise he don't give a fuck well that's why that's how you become a mercenary son that's right kev what did you think of the brian johnson promo oh my god thank you i would have forgot about it but it was the greatest thing i've ever seen in my life like it was like he hit every point so perfectly and hit every like word flow absolutely perfect but then all right then he loses yep yep which is kind of a i'm with you i was I thought his promo was awesome. If you're not watching, if you're not watching Dude, Ring of Honor TV, promo of the year, best promo I've seen all year. Yeah, if you're <laughs> not watching Ring of Honor TV, just find time to find this Brian Johnson promo. It's a fucking great promo. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was the thing that I enjoyed the absolute most out of it. Let me ask you this, Matt. Though, has the PCO train run its course, or is he just finding his different? spot on the card now well this is the first time we've seen pco since uh he lost that final battle in a tag match with uh mark briscoe okay so okay so this was a big deal okay this was his big return okay and that's where i'm kind of with you i think i think we're on this like brian johnson because the sick promo dan housen comes out which they have a history and then they bring out PCO, which is a holy shit moment. Here goes PCO. And now I'm thinking, oh, man, they're really going to, you know, they have the TV title. They have the pure title. They have all these secondary titles. This is a great spot for Brian Johnson to be in. If he can get a win over PCO, like elevate him, get him in the mix. Yeah. PCO comes out. He fucking malfunctions in the middle of the match. <laughs> And he attacks the fucking ring girl. He attacks the timekeeper. He fucking runs himself through the barricade. Um, he hits the moonsault. Brian Johnson kicks out. Um, and then he did this weird, like, like almost mandible claw-like finisher. I think it's called, like, Destro's... Well, 
Yeah, he was restract. He was getting the teeth for Danhausen. Danhausen. Um, and by the way, this is gonna make me sound like a weirdo. This is the first time I've ever heard Danhausen talk. Oh, you never really? No, and I was not expecting his voice to be that. Kevin, this is what you don't understand. Yeah, like he like he should have been in like office space. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, maybe maybe you could be Kevin Housing. We could be Kevin. like, yeah, I believe you have my stapler housing. Like <laughs> everything's a housing. Matt's drinking. I, I didn't. I didn't. I, oh my god! Matt spilled his beer housing all over the cable housing. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get my. I didn't get any. I didn't get any cake housing. <laughs> I was We're gonna need you to move. I, I don't want to move. I don't want to move to the basement housing. I don't want to move to that. To that. I'd never heard him talk before. Interesting. Fair enough. Yeah, I was uh, perplexed by the finish. I don't like PCO beating Brian Johnson. If this is what they're going to do, where PCO and Dan House are our team, and PCO is extracting teeth for Dan House, and okay, I can, I can, yeah, I'm not against it. I'm not. Yeah, I can get on, I can get on board with that. Um, and then I really like the I love the pro look the promo packages rule on Ring of Honor the stuff they did with Quinn with her telling her story I want to punch fucking Angelina Love and Mandy Leone and their fake tits because they both suck they're uh, awful wasn't wasn't she the one I would that never cried say a them? bad word about Mandy Leone wasn't wasn't one of them the one that cried when they were getting made fun of by some fan and Bubba Ray had to pull the guy aside or some shit no that was Velvet oh that was Velvet that was yeah Velvet. his it wife commentary anyway so. Are they married or are they just... Oh, they're married, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, good for them. Who? Bully and Velvet, aren't they? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good for them. Bully. Don't uh, bully. I like this match. I like that it went on last. I liked how invested Caprice and Ian were in this match. Uh, and at one point, you could see them in the background fucking jumping up and down. I like... I think the story here is going to be that Maria Canellis gets... Quinn into the tournament and she meets Angelina Love in the finals. Good. But if that's a story, that's that's God, yeah. And if Angelina Love wins, we riot. Fuck that noise. Well, she beat Quinn McKay, so she got a first round bye in the tournament this summer. Well, whoop you do. Yeah, because yeah, Canales was on commentary, so yeah, she was uh, yep, she was yeah, she's all in on Quinn. Ah. All in on, I didn't even mean to do that. I'm all in on Quinn. Yeah, absolutely. Quinn's a babe, and she looked great. She wrestled her ball. This was a really good showing for her. She had a nice power slam. She had the Cobra Clutch. She has a uh, fuck. What were they called? The Tangerine Lock, I think. Yeah. The, no, the was it was it the Tangerine Dream? Yes, the Tangerine Dream is her like million dollar dream. Yeah. That's awesome. Tony's don't make a face, yeah. Tony, Tony just gave us the worst. You got to see ever. it. It was good. Can I, can I, can I, are, you, are we doing Ring of Honor? Cause I just thought of something I didn't bring up last week. I don't yes. think I brought it up last week. I was flipping through my usual haunts looking for the Mission Pro show. And I came across last week was the ECWA Super 8 tournament. I don't know. Did I mention this last week? No, you did not. But I was going to have it in my notes. I was going to mention some stuff about this tournament too. Okay, so I don't know anything else about the tournament, but I happened to turn it on at the exact moment that Colossal Mike Law was wrestling best friend of the show, Crowbar, in an opening round match. And I'm, th I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck did Crowbar wind up in this tournament? He was probably in this tournament last like 25 years ago when people like Ace Darling and the Cheetah Master were in these tournaments. But lo and behold, somebody, I don't remember who, couldn't make it for the show 
And the promoter called, I think it was Joe Zanoli. Is he still in charge? He called Crowbar and he's like, listen, I got an open spot in the Super 8. Can you come down to Delaware? Crowbar being the professional that he is, jumped in the car, went down to Delaware, made it to the second round of the 2021 ECWA Super 8. What have you got to fill in the blanks on this one? Absolutely nothing. Sorry, I was looking it up because I want to make sure I have I have it right. That's okay. I, I remembered all I only remembered is that smidgen of the tournament. But how fucking hilarious is that? Crowbar in the ECWA tournament, Super 8 in 2021, Kevin. Oh, I I, I hear you, buddy. Unbelievable. Yeah, but uh, see, like Crowbar, like even if it wasn't last minute. Like crowbar could be like is the kind of guy that I would see like they would reach out to in the first place anyway, just because he's like he. We just talked about PCO crowbar is on that kind of run right now, still. Yeah. And plus, he's got a huge history with the ECW. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah. But that was that was Jim Kettner's ECWA. That wasn't Joe Zanoli's. That was when Kettner was still running the thing. I mean, you brought it up. I didn't. EC, you know, ECWA has been around I think since '67. Dude, it's been a lot. Like ECWA's existed for a long fucking time. Yeah, but like Crowbar is still the kind of guy that like any show in the Northeast, like you either advertise him or you put him on as a surprise, he's going to get a reaction no matter what. Oh, of course. Of course. And I think a lot of that is more so about what he's been doing recently than what he's done in the past. Well, I mean... It's tough because like that whole crew of guys that came up around the same time he did uh, a lot of, a lot of fans from that time period, I think have a, have a, have a spot for those guys. You know what I'm saying? You don't agree. Did Kevin freeze? Am I talking to myself? No, you're yeah, good. I, I hear you. No, I, I mean, I, I heard you. I just, not, I, I saw you. I didn't hear anything you said. Oh, cause I saw you and you weren't moving. I, maybe. Maybe. I was trying to wait it out because, like, sometimes when the when the connection gets better, it just kind of goes really quick. So I was trying to just wait that out, but I didn't hear anything you said. So, so what I was saying was that whole group that came up on the East Coast around the time that that Devin Storm came up, like your Ace Darlings, your Cheetah Masters, you know, like the Infernos and all that. Like, I think people on the East Coast who were fans of of independent wrestling at that time have a, have a spot in their hearts for all these guys. Yeah, you know. No, one of the guys that went on to make a bigger name for himself too. And you know what? It took him a very long time to do that. Like, I mean, Devin storm and a starling, you know, they were around, uh, you know, they had their, their shots and, you know, WCW and WWE on like superstars and, you know, you know, Saturday and stuff like that. But until crowbar happened, Devin storm was, you know, just that he was just Devin storm. And so I feel like there's a lot of love for the crowbar. This guy, there's like three generations of crowbar. There's Devin Storm, there's WCW Crowbar, and then there's like Resurgence Crowbar, who I feel like they, the love for all three of these generations are equal. Yeah, he was also ECW uh, Devin oh, Storm. Of course. Well, yeah. Um, so something that happened last week, and I don't know if we talked about it last Monday. Daniel Bryan is no longer under contract? I don't think we did. I don't think that was news last week when we did the show. We talk, well, no, you pontificated 
what does Daniel Bryan do now because he can't be on SmackDown anymore? Right, and that was before we learned that he was no longer on their nope. contract. And I think our consensus was, well, I think you and I at least thought that NXT would be a spot. I think Kevin was thinking maybe Raw, if well, I remember correctly. I don't remember. Right. I, I said Raw, I believe, and you guys said NXT. Yeah, yeah. So, now, But he doesn't have a contract, which is an even bigger fucking question mark. You know, yeah. Joe's not under contract anymore. Daniel Bryan's not under contract. I know, I know. The CM Punk conversation came up again, and we all fucking love to hate the CM Punk conversation. But now they got a whole bunch of spoons in that independent porridge. Dude, what are these three guys gonna do? You can't tell me that these three guys aren't in a group chat right now, like talking about possible, like talking about what, like. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if the three of them would get together and if like, oh God, they're, they're hundred percent in a group chat about something. Like, they, you, they definitely are. Do you want to see these guys work against each other or would you rather see these guys come in as, as a group? Oh, somewhere? You don't gotta, you don't, you don't gotta sell me on an invasion. I'll take, I'll take either one. And Kevin, let us ponder. Let me volley this, sir. If okay, have- sir. If you were to have these three gentlemen come in as a group, which particular promotion would you think that they would invade? Uh, I think... All right. Well, I can't tell if... Okay. (laughs) Well, Matt, if I can cut you off with this terrible internet connection and pontificate before you have the opportunity to volley. I will say if I had to pick if I had to pick one promotion with great Wi-Fi access I think it would have to be barring any travel restrictions New Japan professional wrestling. Wow, really? In in the Yes, because I feel like despite their state of emergency, if that were to volley the other way, I think it would be the best interest of all parties involved. Now, if you're asking me, Matthew, realistically, I would say Ring of Honor. Volley in your court, sir. Matt, what do you say to that? I think uh, New Japan is a fantastic idea, but I think... I think Ring of Honor, um, when the world starts to open up, things starts to go, you get a live crowd and you can bring them in in a triple threat as a faction. Like, you know, what we saw the elite do for Ring of Honor, where it boosted them with the Bullet Club, whatever the fuck you want to call them, it was Cody, Young Bucks, Kenny, and all that. I think Joe, Daniel Bryan, and Punk would blow that out of the fucking water. And I think if you're going to do that, number one, you have to announce that they're coming in. You have to. Because then, two, you need to find an arena bigger than the Hammerstein Ballroom that's going to contain the amount of tickets they sell. Because this sucker will fill up at easily 5,000 people. Easily. Well, we were... Well, we were just talking about the Nassau Coliseum with our uh, with our guests. The Islanders now have fifty percent capacity for their venues, for their playoff games, and that's May. So, if this would happen in say six or seven months from now, you know, I can only imagine Madison Square Garden won't be too far behind in terms of the capacity if they haven't already done it. 
I like the way you're thinking, Kevin. I like this. So, but uh, Ring of Honor at MSG with these guys headlining against three of Ring of Honor's current stars. Well, that's the thing. That's what we have to realize here. This is great for maybe a year, two years. Because these guys aren't young anymore, especially. No, but but, I mean, but if you have have them. Modify your expectations. Well, look, CM Punk easily six man. He doesn't have to be in the ring the whole time. Even if he's ring rusty, he can get in, do some stuff. But I think long haul, you might be able to get Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan for a couple more years. Yes, I agree with that. But we have to remember that both these guys are have been hurt, have been told to retire. Daniel oh. Bryan came back. Samoa Joe, has, I don't know what his deal is. CM Punk is not young, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything because Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, fucking for lack of a better whatever anyone wants to say about him goldberg still wrestles so that's not necessarily a bigger issue so but if if we're talking about the payday it's i mean but god what would that do to aew though if you bring all three of these guys in at once like would that completely destroy what they've built or would that I don't think so. I think it just brings more eyes to Ring of Honor and they get a boost and maybe they can do something with it. Build I up. threw I threw an AEW. That was my thing. If they for the payday, if they went to AEW, would that destroy what AEW built? Hmm. Would it destroy it would definitely be I think it would be a setback to some of your younger talent. Yeah. Like um, but you could oh, but there's so much hit like you could do like a a Samoa Joe MJ, like you'd have to probably split them up, right? And not like do like a Samoa Joe MJF, and like a CM Punk Kenny Omega or Daniel Bryan Cody or Kenny Omega, or like uh, you know interchange or Jericho would probably have to be involved somehow. Do you do you think a Kenny Omega Young Bucks versus Bryan Joe and Punk would be a sell? Because, I mean, think about it yeah. logically. I mean, those guys were all Ring of Honor guys, too. So there's a little bit of, you know, you know, the, the his, I guess, history, if you want to call it that there. But there's a little bit of a tie-in. And I would think it would make the most sense, right? Yeah. Ah. I mean, I mean, Omega and the Bucks are sort of the younger stars, if that you're makes not, sense. You're not, you're not bringing in these guys. Like, there's three people on the AEW side that would probably have to involved. And their names are Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Cody. Right? I don't know if I'd put like, Jericho in that spot. I don't know if Jericho can hang with the style that these guys are going to have. I don't know if I'd want to see him in that spot. As much as I wouldn't want the Young Bucks I, I know what, for a match like that. Has Jericho ever worked Joe? I mean, that could come later down the line, though. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Jericho, yeah, but I'm just trying to think if match, but if it, if we're doing a three on three, I don't know if I want Jericho in there. No, I'm just talking. I'm talking separate. Like I'm talking like. Oh, separate for sure. Jericho against Joe. I think that's got some value to it, of course. If it hasn't been done, because Jericho Punk's been done, Brian Jericho's been done. Um, so that's all. I'm just trying to think like what we haven't seen before in some sort of other. You know, realm. Uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot of meat on the bone for this. You know, as as Tony yeah. presented it as the three of them coming in together as a group or separately. I think 
Daniel Bryan never got a run in Japan, and I think that's something he wants to do. And I think they pay big money, and I don't think he's on the road as much, so it might fit more with his schedule. Yeah. So, he goes out there for, yeah, he goes out there for like a month, and then that's it. Yeah. What if yeah. what what if it's what if what if we skip the CM Punk part? I mean, I could see Brian and Joe going to New Japan. I could see Joe going to New Japan. I really think I really think Joe and Impact is like a win for him. Yeah, that's probably going to happen. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, but like you said, like Brian wants to go to Japan. Maybe these guys want to pick up a couple of paychecks before they come back and take a lighter schedule work in Impact. Yeah, no. I mean, why not? The the possibilities are endless. It'll be really interesting. Excuse me to see where the where the chips fall. Yeah, but like I said, I, there's there's no chance that these three, at least Joe and Daniel Bryan, are not in some sort of group text like just like just like we're doing. They're like they're fantasy booking their own careers right now. Kev, they were on the edge of their feet waiting to find out what happens next. That's right. Sorry, Matt. Did I when I when did I say that? Last, last week, <laughs> I said. I mean, I said fucking Steve McMichael had what? Uh, LAS, LAS, yo, LAS or whatever. What the fuck do I suck? Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling is a state of emergency, so they canceled their big show at the Tokyo. Well, well. um, if you could find about an hour, go out of your way, watch Osprey and Shingo from last week. It I is, still got to check that out. I heard it's it amazing. It is fucking un. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Good for Shingo, man. I'm glad he's on the run that he's on right now. He's amazing. And, uh, yeah, so they have state of emergency. So a couple, a, a ton of shit happened last, last Monday night when we got off the show. Um, like, fucking, they had to pull seven people off of the, the second night of wrestling Dantaku because of COVID. Uh, Okada, El Desperado, Show, Yo, Minoru Suzuki, all had been uh, in contact apparently with somebody. It was announced that two people had gotten COVID. They didn't say who. And then yesterday, it was released that seven people have COVID now. Whoops. So, yeah, not a good, I mean, it sucks, but they're back to a state of emergency uh, and they canceled uh, that big show they were going to do at the Tokyo Dome. Wow. So... That's kind of a bummer, but we'll see what happens there. I'll keep I'll keep my eye on New Japan Pro Wrestling. As we know, Yuji Nagata Wednesday night on uh, Dynamite. Tom Lawler set to defend his New Japan Strong Championship against stablemate Chris Dickinson. That'll be happening uh, Memorial Day weekend, that Friday night, May 28th. So that should be exciting. Um, The next AEW pay-per-view is going to have a full house. Yes, and they're back on the road. Yes. Bitches. So that's pretty exciting. The world's starting <laughs> to open up. I had refunded my tickets from the, uh, from the show at the Prudential Center because I didn't think that was going to happen anytime soon. And then today, with the help cool. of Kate the Great, since I was having a major problem with Ticketmaster, ordered uh, better tickets. Nice. So, uh, oh, baby. Me, it's right now is me, Kevin, and Kate are locked in. I have a fourth ticket, and uh, I will watch many people fight to the death until September 17th, and then whoever is the winner can come with us. I will not <laughs> be in that tournament. I know. You opted out. Well, you know, I, like a boy can dream that the people- You know what else I'm opting out of? What's can that? I tell you what I'm opting out of? Uh -oh. Yes. 
Dave LaGreca broke mine and Kevin's fucking horns last week to come up to the trivia at Tommy Fierro's uh, Wrestling Universe. Is that what it's called? The Wrestling Collector. Wrestling Collector. Where is no, it? the Wrestling Collector. Okay, the Wrestling Sussex Collector. Sussex County. Okay. So he was going to be doing trivia, which he still is doing tomorrow night, but it's not 8 to 10. It's 6 to 8. So I am definitely not going to be able to go. I yeah. was planning yeah. on going. I will also not, I will not be able to, I have to work till eight and I was going to go right from Weehawken to Summit right to uh, up there and maybe catch the last half an hour of it. But now, since that's not happening, I have to bow out. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's going to suck. Last week was Dave's last appearance on the show and, you know. Well, no, technically, if if it, I mean, he changed just when we had uh, the, you know, the answers, he changed the questions. Pretty much. He's probably still he was probably still injured when he came on last week and didn't that's true. Time. That's a good point. Dude, six to eight is tough. And it's like forty five minutes from me to begin dude, with. Dude, going and going west at six or like going at five o'clock to get there at six. Get out of here going westbound. Three to forty to twenty three. You know how many people live up that way that commute to New York City every day to go to work? That's yeah. a bitch of a ride to get back at. Dude, eighty. I'm dude, I'm traveling eighty at uh, going Route 80 at freaking uh, at Listen, 5.30. Plug for our friend Dave. If you're in the area or if you want to sit in Madden. Oh, yeah. No, it's a great time. It's, okay. there's, there's no traffic at all. If it was at 8 o'clock, I'd be down. I actually finagled everything, but I just can't do 6 o'clock. Dude. Yeah, but I'm going to get out of work and whatever. No, no it's not happening. Oh, boy. Lucky Matt, Dave. we got anything else to cover? Yes. Uh, do we want to talk about Dark Side of the Ring with Brian Pillman? We can if it's going to be a few minutes because I want to kind of, you know. Uh, it should have been Dark Side of Melanie Pillman. Holy Jesus Christ on a fucking cracker. Yeah, man. Like, first of all, I never knew that he had a first wife. I didn't know anything about the details of him to begin with. So, and she fucking killed herself, dude, because she lost custody of the kids. Yeah, I feel like that was talked about on one of the Conrad podcasts, like in passing. Maybe. I just don't remember that at all. Uh, homegirl needs she drug fucking meth is a hell of a drug. Holy shit, what a mess! Yo, what was that shit? What the was scar? that scar she had in her arm? No idea, bro. That's that's that just kept distracting me, dude. And I don't know, man. Look, good for Brian Pillman Jr. that he's trying to get a relationship back together with his mother. That's some awesome shit. Right? Because the shit that he was saying about her, like you know, on other interviews and stuff. Yo, he like they just did not fucking get together. It's nice to see that he's at least trying to salvage a relationship with her. And dude, Pillman's sister. Oh, my God. What a beautiful woman she is. The shit she had to go through to keep things together for these people. Oh, which one? She's oh Pillman's sister. I yeah, thought, yeah. Because he has like fucking five kids, too. I know. I know. God damn. I mean, I just it's 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 such a fucking sad story, dude. It really is. <laughs> No, it was. It was it was a great watch. There was nothing I don't think there was anything groundbreaking. I mean, I didn't know about the suicide. That was kind of new to me unless I just forgot about it. But, but uh it was rough, man. A great watch. And uh the neck here's the lit, here's the schedule. I want to know what you guys are looking forward to most. This week Nick Gage. Eh. Next week Collision in Korea. That one I'm I'm fucking hundred percent down for. Can't wait. The week after that, the Ultimate Warrior. That's gonna be interesting. Oh wait, news news bit. 
Melanie Pillman before she married uh, Brian was dating the Ultimate Warrior. Did you hear this? Apparently, this came out of the woodwork somewhere, too. I never heard that. I forget if it was Conrad talking about it or if uh, Jim Cornette had mentioned it. But, yeah, she was dating Warrior before she before she met up with Pillman. Goddamn. Small fucking world, man. I swear to God. Uh, June June 3rd is Grizzly Smith. That's going to be a fun. I'm not looking forward to it, but that's going to be a good one. Oh, I don't give a shit what anyone. I cannot wait to watch that one because that one's going to be. Oh, the, I can't wait either, but it's not on my to do list. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be the most fucked up one. Oh, of course. And then they end the season with a uh, dynamite kid on uh, June 10th. Yeah, I think Grizzly Smith's got dynamite beat. hundred percent. Wow. Actually, probably for me. It's probably Nick Gage, only because as someone who's lived in this area as long as I have and how big of the legend that he is in this area, I really don't know. Other than him robbing a bank, I really don't know whole, know a whole lot about him. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking for. I mean, I'm looking forward to all of them, but that Grizzly Smith one's gonna be fucking rough to watch. No, I I kind of even I kind of I'm really interested in that collision of Korea, like especially after hearing Eric Bischoff talk about it and knowing that they. Scott Norton was fighting with his wife on the phone and said it sucks here and they fucking arrested him. Yeah. That's some wild shit, dude. Some really Oh, by the way, something something we're going to find out. Antonio Inoki is a fucking genius and you're going to find out why if they go into it in this collision in Korea thing. Unfucking believable. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but we got to see it just to fucking see. I can't wait. Just that what a genius he is. Uh, this kind of ties in because in the second season of Dark Side of the Ring, they will be doing a piece on FMW, and Onita broke yep. the news the other day. He's starting a new promotion called FMWE, uh, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling Explosion. Of course. <laughs> why? Why the fuck not, dude? Wait, hold on. Okay. Uh, and it will hold its first show titled Independence Day on July 4th. Uh, it's it's going to be a death match, exploding barbed wire matches, all that, kinds of, all that kinds of crazy shit. I'm fucking super pumped. With no build. <laughs> I don't need a build, bro. I'm already in. I'll find out where it's streaming. I'm fucking buying it. I'll watch it after 4th of July weekend. I don't give a shit. Holy shit. That's fantastic. They also announced the Hannah Kimura Memorial Show will be on Fight TV. It will air May 23rd. Uh, Ian Riccoboni, Cheeseburger, and Fumi Saito will be on commentary. Now, that's still happening despite the pandemic. Yes. Okay. As of as of when I pulled this from the Wrestling Observer yesterday, yes. Yeah, because I was talking to our good buddy Dave Megapowers over the weekend, and he said, yeah, even though all this shit is closing down, they're still able to hold certain events, so... I was curious to see if that was one of them. Yeah, and I think I think that's all the news. We got Backlash WrestleMania bullshit this weekend. Uh, Cesaro's challenging for the title. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Bianca Belair and Bailey, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Braun Strowman in a triple threat. And Rhea Ripley defends against Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Oh, and Dolph and Robert Roode defend their tag titles against the Mysterios. Oh, great. World champion Dominic. That's what we need. Uh, next week, we have two more guests. Of course. The NWA mainstay, Jax Dane. 
will be joining oh, us. Oh, yeah. And great friend of the show, Casey Catal, will be joining us. Cool. Nice. We could talk to, could talk to Jack Stain about his uh, his ongoings with Slice Boogie. And how we'll both be part of the same weekend in June doing stand-up comedy and professional wrestling on the same weekend. Ooh, bud. In Atlantic City. Yeah, I think so, she's there. Boardwalk Buds. Yeah, and uh, I think she will be on to promote her match with Danny Moff, so that'll be interesting. Oh, Jesus. Yes. She's wrestling Moff? She called him out, bro. What are you going to do? She's going to get fucking killed, dude. This might be Casey Gattall's last interview. No, no, no. Dude, she's a she's a tough one. I understand, but it's damn Moff, dude. Come on. Dude, she got her nose broken in the ring, and she's still going. I got my nose broken in the ring, too. It's still damn Moff. I did, sweet brother. Uh, we are the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast at Wizards Podcast across all platforms. Be sure to follow, rate, review, like, and subscribe. You got to say something real quick, Brando. Love you, buddy. Rest in peace. Uh, miss you. Everyone misses you. We love you. Be well, Tony. Your call, coach. To me? Yeah. Why not? Please check out everyone on the Shining Wizards Network. I know we didn't run commercials tonight, but of course, you got the Midnight Jury. You got the Wednesday Night Show, the Mark Order Podcast, Inconclusive Breakdown, the wonderful Jay at Turnbuckle Throwbacks, Wrestling Night in Canada, Radioactive Metal, Ringside Rant, who had Lori Bischoff on for Mother's Day this past weekend. And of course, the guys from the broadcast who spell it with a K. K? Matt, what okay. else? Okay. That's all I got, buddy. I'm going to go That's make it. My- uh, I'm going to make my Hello Fresh. I just got a notification that my uh, ringside collectible shipment has been shipped. I have to see which what it is. It's got to be AEW, no? Oh, I got a lot of orders in it there over there. Oh, am I going to get God, a text God. about your fucking Chase Cody that you got, you prick? Don't hate, bro. I don't care. You don't know what I'm hater. chasing? My next shit because it's coming out of my asshole. So good night, Gracie. Well, that's where your shits come from, buddy. We'll be back next week with another humdinger of an episode of the Shining Wizards podcast. Special thanks to Mike Spear and Perch for joining us tonight. Thank you for listening, uh, and we will see you next week here at the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next week in Housen. I think we're off the Facebook. Yeah, I think we're off. Okay, cool. Uh, You know what I forgot to do tonight? Record. No, I forgot to air it on the rant. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't, you dick.